Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, the place to go. All the features there are completely free, and uh, that's all on us. Once again, freetalklive.com, so do enjoy those. Last night I said I had a story about rats, and we never got to it. Because we had this interesting call come in the last hour, uh, this chick who is a Rainbow family member, and we spent the entire hour asking her questions. About sure did. It was, it was an interview. So never got to the rat story. In fact, I've got two rat-related stories for you tonight. Uh, we'll start with the first one from New York. The city health department was trying to figure out recently, uh, this past week, while a, why a Greenwich Village KFC Taco Bell restaurant had passed an inspection the day before video footage caught a dozen rats scampering across its floors. Jeffrey Cowley, a health department spokesbureaucrat, says, It doesn't look like the inspection that was done Thursday met our standards. I don't want to prejudge that. We're concerned, and we're going to carefully review that inspection. The fast food restaurant was shut down by the city on Friday after the video of the rodents was widely broadcast and attracted streams of sidewalk gawkers. It remained closed on Wednesday, or yesterday, rather. The video uh, videographer who filmed the rodents claimed he saw 30 to 50 rats on the premises. So wow. apparently what happened was somebody just happened to be passing by the store when it was closed. They noticed that there were rats in there. They got in Lots contact. Yeah, they got in contact with somebody with some video footage or maybe it was the videographer himself. He uh, got his equipment out and recorded it, put it up on uh, I think a TV station and it went up on the internet and it was a bit of a you get some good footage. They'll put it on TV. The restaurant passed an inspection in March of 2006, though it was fined $1,300 for some violations, including mice droppings, earning 23 points. On Thursday, the KFC Taco Bell passed another check after complaints prompted an inspector to visit. So you would think that uh, when someone complains about something going, uh, I don't, it doesn't specify if the complaints were about rats. But with dozens of rats running around on the floor, you'd think that there'd be some sort of evidence of, of rat activity. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of rats. There's going to well, be a lot of rat droppings. Generally, I would think that the inspections um, would, would happen during the day. Right. And uh, the rat droppings would probably be found in the morning and swept up. Uh, perhaps the person sweeping up doesn't even know what a rat dropping looks like. They just, Possibly. They just don't know what these large black pieces of dirt are. And uh, they just sweep them up, and, and so they don't see the rat droppings. On Friday, however... It, 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 to me, I, I understand the point that, um, you know, that, that inspections, food inspections aren't doing us any good, and that we don't need uh, to have uh, health inspectors employed by the state, but... At the same time, I don't think that they um, these inspectors. You know, I mean, this this wouldn't be wouldn't be an easy thing to necessarily see. The rats aren't going to come out and play when they're there uh, inspecting, and the rat droppings are probably going to be cleaned up. That may be the case. However, uh, the fact is, the government bureaucrats just aren't real inspectors. They don't really count. I understand. Uh, I, I, I concur with you on that point, and I think that if there were real inspectors um, that were you know, uh, some third-party inspection service that inspected restaurants, that we would have superior inspections. Yes. I don't know that that third party would have necessarily have caught these rats. Does that mean they would have caught it? I don't I don't know. I mean, Yum! Brands, the parent company of KFC Taco Bell's, called the situation unacceptable and a violation of its high standards. In fact, I've heard they have fired, I think I heard, they fired the guy that uh, does their inspections. 
Uh, Cowley said no action had been taken against the Thursday inspector. But Seems like the manager should be the one to take that hit instead that, of the inspector. That the department is looking carefully at the situation. We inspect 30,000 food establishments every year. We're doing vigorous enforcement. Well, look, just because you walk around from establishment to establishment and look at the ceiling or whatever it is that you do as a bureaucratic health inspector doesn't mean you're doing anything vigorously. Uh, you're just going from place to place acting as though you've got a job to do. And that's what these people do. They come in, uh, they call in advance, typically. You usually know when the inspection's going to be. These government bureaucrats, they then arrive, and they sort of schmooze around the restaurant for a little while, maybe chat it up with the manager or something like that, grab something to eat for free, because, of course, you're the inspector. You're going to get your food for free. And, uh, you know, just munch, uh, munch down on some food, sit at the table, look around a little bit, and leave. Your job's done. That's what these government bureaucrats do. You talk to anybody that's ever been in the, the food business, when the government inspector comes along, it's a joke. Right. He's not, he's not a uh, person to be feared. Right. Now, the independent inspector, the one that uh, young brands might hire, for instance, to come around, the auditor, as they call them in the business, who will come randomly, who will just appear, those are the ones that you've got to be, uh, be concerned with. Those are the people that your uh, franchise will hire to come from the outside and to take a look at your, uh, the way you're doing business, not just from a health perspective, but the, they'll, look, they'll look at health issues, they'll look at uh, customer service issues, they'll look at a variety of different things. And in this case, it seems that if they had that going on, and I presume KFC Taco Bell would insist on an independent uh, inspection like that, whoever it was that was there uh, was definitely dropping the ball, and they certainly deserve to, uh, to be rebuked. But I think it's interesting that the city health department is acting as though, you know, it, oh, it can't understand how this place would have passed inspection. How could this ever happen? We're government bureaucrats. You we're know, here to protect you. What they should be doing is, we're overworked. We need more money. Because that's mm. that's that system seems to work for them. Yeah, it, it's a bunch of BS, but it seems to work for them. Um, I'm surprised that they. I'm surprised they, I, they didn't run to that. Now, um, a friend of mine had a restaurant, and uh, she she lo- basically lost the restaurant due to uh, inspectors that for for some reason or another she was never able to explain this to me, um, but she felt targeted. Lots of people in the world feel targeted. Are politics that yeah, are being not played. Yeah, but but lots of people in the world feel targeted that are not targeted. But basically, she blamed the demise of her business mm-hmm. on um, you know inspectors coming through, uh, you know, forcing her to get this thing and get that thing, um, you or know, or fining her or whatever. Yeah, all kinds of you know stuff that she had to buy, and and of course, every time she got in trouble, she had to pay a fine. I'm sure. Wayne, as somebody who uh, has done some acting in the past, I presume you've spent your share of time in, in restaurants. Have you ever worked a restaurant job? Oh, yes. I was a bartender. Do you have any experience with the government uh, inspectors? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we used to be inspected both by the company and the local health department. We usually got pretty good grades. We, we were very, very clean in the restaurant. But there were, there were times where there were cockroaches and there would be someone coming once a month to exterminate. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we'd come in the next morning and there were dead cockroaches doing backstrokes in the sink. Oh, yikes. Um, but in some, some places have other uh, different problems than others. Some have rats, some have roaches, some have other types of bugs. Roaches and aren't that bad. Uh, you know, vermin, um, when it comes to vermin, roaches aren't the worst thing in the world. Certainly flies and rats are higher on that list. Yeah, I, I never worked in a place that was filthy, though, luckily. Thank God. But, but I do have a friend who was a police officer that got called one time to a restaurant. I won't mention any ethnicities, but there were skinned rats hanging from the, the racks in the back of the restaurant. Evidently, they were using them as chicken. Well, I, wow. I've, I've heard um, allegations that uh, in, in this same ethnicity that you're um, probably referring to, that 
um, they would do that. They'll use. I've heard um, allegations that they'll use, uh, you know, different types of meat, like cats, um, cats and dogs. Talking about and, Chinese food restaurants, right? Chinese food restaurants, <laughs> um, uh, cats and dogs. But I've also heard which them, I love, by the way. Uh, I don't an care. Instance if it tastes like chicken. I don't. Care. The Chinese people had dogs in the freezer, but they weren't serving them to anybody. They were using them for themselves because really? they eat. You know, they eat dogs over yeah. in China. Well, you know, there's stray dogs all over the place. I mean, they're just going to starve to death if they yeah, don't. When I lived in Hawaii, the, the Filipinos uh, used to love black dog. That was a delicacy. Really? So you'd, you'd see... Only if the dog was black-haired? Yes, if huh. it was black. And you'd see they'd have station wagons, and they'd go around rounding up a stray black dogs. Amazing. Now, my question for you, Wayne, though, is as somebody who had an experience with a government inspector and an independent inspector, which, was, uh, which of the two were more vigorous? Which of the two were the staff more concerned about uh, impressing? I, I think the... the company inspector, the private inspector, was far more stringent than the government inspector was in any situation I saw. I had a friend with a restaurant in L.A. where they actually graded the restaurants, and you had to actually put your grade right out in the front window so the public could see it. Hmm. Hmm. And that was interesting. He always tried to get the A, so that, that, seemed, to be, that seemed to be a little more effective to me than uh, some of the other uh, bureaucrat, uh, bureaucratic inspection agencies. The thing that bugs me the most uh, about all of this is that people believe the government is there to protect them. People sort of uh, wander through life um, acting as though the government's just sitting a few feet away from them at any time to catch them if they fall and to make sure their food is being prepared in the right manner. But when you actually look into things, when you look into the health inspection business, so-called, of government, you find out that they're just lackluster, slipshod bureaucrats who you can't count on to even show up. Who's checking on them? Nobody. And uh, so please, if you feel like the government's keeping your health safe, uh, take a look at this story about the mice running around on the floor of this restaurant that were that was inspected the day before by the Government Health Inspection Service. More of the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll free line for you. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. And that does include archives and entire year's worth of the program awaiting right there. Front page of the website. You just go and click and download. That's all it takes. That's freetalklive.com. There's no hoops to jump through. It's just free. Plus, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. We're talking rats to start the show out tonight mm-hmm. with. The first story was about a, uh, a KFC Taco Bell franchise in New York City, Greenwich Village, actually, where apparently a videographer caught a number of rats at, at nighttime running about the the store and the this this happened the day after the government bureaucrat happened to come by to do an inspection and i think this really points out now the the city's acting like they can't understand how this could ever happen <laughs> when in fact this is the typical uh mode of operation for government bureaucrats they are not thorough they do not care um they just want to show up so they can check your business off their list and then they can go to the next one and go back to the office and eat some more donuts. Right. They don't care about your health. Inefficient and unincentivized. 
or in some cases, when they appear to care, when they're finding a business or whatever, they're just uh, they may they might just be playing politics. The, the the business owner, the franchise owner, might not have given enough money to one of the city council members, and so they sick them on the health uh, sick the health department on them or something like that. It's been known to happen. Yep. Now, by no means is every bureaucrat inefficient or every bureaucrat lazy, but um, they are all unincentivized. Yep. So it all needs to go away. All of the health inspection bureaucracy needs to uh, just go away and be replaced by people in search of profits, by third-party inspection agencies. And if you don't believe it's going to happen, then ask yourself a simple question. Do you want to eat healthy? Uh, do you want to eat in a place that's clean? Do you want to eat in a place that's sanitary? Or do you want to eat in a place where rats have been crawling across the tables, uh, roaches have been uh, going to the bathroom in uh, in your food? I mean, yeah. what, what sort of place do you want to eat at? I'd like to see a, a, private, a group of private companies f- uh, form inspection services where they can give you that grade that you can put up in your window, like in California. Mm-hmm. Only you can choose uh, the best price and, and, and somebody with the best reputation because that's a selling point for your business, that I have it a is. clean restaurant. Yep, and, and that's exactly where I was going with it, Wayne, is that if uh, if it's important to you to eat in a place that's clean, then the business owners are going to react to that. It's market demand. The market says, we want to eat somewhere clean. Business owners say, hey, I'm clean, and I can prove it. In fact, I'm hiring Wayne's Cleanliness Service to come in here on a once-a-week basis to make sure that my place is uh, spick and span. Well, then Mark might say, well, you know what? Uh, I'm doing similar business to Wayne. I've got an Italian restaurant as well. And uh, once a week, that's not good enough for my customers. My customers won't accept anything less than once a day. We've got cleanliness inspections once per day, and they could advertise it right on the front door. Mm-hmm. They could, uh, there could be a nice little golden logo of cleanliness there, to you know, a nice eye-attracting uh, eye logo, so people will notice it as they come in. They'll know that they're eating in a, a place that was certified just hours ago. I mean, I, this is possible. Yeah, it's all I, possible. I would, I would even uh, treat the rats I caught humanely. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I mean, the competition's already breaking out here in the studio. Feed them well and pet them. Just imagine. I mean, and also it would allow for people to, uh, without having the silly health department around, it would also allow for more lower end businesses as well. For instance, if I trusted someone and just wanted to take the risk, um, someone might be able to open up their kitchen in their home and start making pizzas or something like that. There, I could go in there and walk out with a pizza if I wanted to, and I'd be taking a risk. It might be five dollars cheaper. Than yours because uh, you don't have. To, I wouldn't. The, the person making the pizza wouldn't have to pay for all the health inspections, and it'd be uh, you know it'd be my risk at that point as to what I put in my mouth. And many of us take that risk a lot. If That's you're right. eating over at a friend's house, you don't know what um, how their cleanliness standards are. They're just your friend, so you trust them. Yeah, I've heard in many states also if you want to start your own cookie business, let's say, mm-hmm. well, you have to make those cookies in a commercial kitchen in oh, order geez. to be able to sell them to a store with or industrial a equipment yes uh which costs a lot a lot of money a lot of money uh so these are just simple solutions to government problems that we have here and that's what we're that's what i'm looking for on free talk live and just in general looking for ways to get the government out of whatever it is they're in because they're a monopolistic coercive agency of uh, a force and replace them and their agencies with voluntary solutions. And this is an easy one. 
This is one. This is actually a voluntary solution that not only would replace the government bureaucracy effectively, but it would be far more effective than the existing government bureaucracy. In fact, I think that uh, from the experience I've had talking to people in the restaurant and food service business, I got the impression that government bureaucrats come in maybe, maybe twice a year. Definitely usually once a year, but maybe twice. You could very easily have uh, a cleanliness service checking you out far more often than that, and I would bet it would be a fairly uh, inexpensive process. It, it doesn't necessarily have to take a lot of time. It's certainly going to be cheaper than whatever we're paying the bureaucracy to inspect our restaurants. Right. So it's certainly yeah, going If to. you really took pride in what you did and, and you wanted your company to be a prominent, respected inspection company, you're, you're going to go in the back and you're going to look for signs of, of uh, rat droppings in places that maybe... Uh, a normal person walking through wouldn't see them because you can see evidence of it even if you if it's not there. The rats are not going to come out when the, when the restaurant's open and the inspector sure. walks through. You have to go there about 4 in the morning. <laughs> that's when all the cockroaches scatter when you turn the lights on, and that's when the rats are active. So you have to really go uh, beyond the call of duty sometimes to find evidence of, of these uh, problems. Yep, and of course an, an independent inspector, someone who are, was hired, could it could be on like a weekly random basis where mm-hmm. the staff of the restaurant knows that at any point during that week, somebody could show up and audit them. That's right. And they know it. it's not just once a month or once every six months. It's randomly. Once a week, someone will be there to inspect you. We used to, uh, the restaurant I used to bartend at years ago, uh, we had random shoppers who were hired by the owner of the restaurant right. to, to come in and make sure we weren't overpouring, to make sure we weren't putting money in our pockets. And we never Secret knew shoppers. when they were. Yes, we didn't know when they were coming in. And I ended up being one for a while too. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's kind of a neat job. It was. It was pretty wild. So what they do? Send you to other bars or? Yes. Other? Yeah, and I went to one in New York City one time, and I had to actually bring a bunch of my bartender buddies with me because there were quite a few cash registers, and he told me how many there were. So we wrote our report up at the end of the night, and he really suspected somebody was stealing there. Hmm. And and so when we, I gave him my report, he says, uh, uh, he, 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 he says, what? He says, there's got to be there's something wrong here. He's, and then we discovered that uh, what happened was that there was an extra cash register that the employees had brought in their own cash register. <gasps> really? Yeah, wow. And, and, they were, and they were putting the money, uh, a percentage of the money in their cash register. So he thought he only had five cash registers, and there were six. Oh, my God. But the sixth one was where it was, the money was going to them. Yes, exactly. That's some sneaky stuff, right? Yeah, that was pretty sneaky. 1-800-259-9231 is the toll-free packet 8.net line. What I want to know from you is if you do work or have worked in food service, what has your, uh, has, has your experience or have your experiences be, been with, uh, with government inspectors? And if you've had experience with private inspectors... Can you compare and contrast the two? I'd be interested to hear what you've experienced at 800-259-9231. Or on the way, we'll talk more rat stories. And there's a lot more coming up as well, including New York City. Maybe considering a ban of the N-word? But first, we go to a, uh, another rat story and your calls about anything. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Live streams are there, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. Is there a young person that's important to you? Give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Joel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. The average college student graduates with $7,000 in credit card debt. That's no way to start a life. Buy them A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's 800-657-5066, akidsjourney.com. All right, 800-259-9231, another rat-related story, just because I'm just happy to find two rat stories. Why not? Uh, Kansas City, Missouri, the Belleville News Democrat reporting exterminators began sweeping a Kansas City neighborhood infested with rats after one of the rodents crawled into a baby's crib and severely disfigured the girl's face. Oh, boy. Now, you've heard urban legends about cats falling, you know, cats going to sleep on babies' faces. This they one almost, are warm. almost thought to myself, this sounds like an urban legend. This couldn't, I mean, a, a rat attacking a, a small child? I suppose it can happen. Authorities said the girl's parents put her in her crib next to their bed early Sunday and awoke a few hours later when a heart and breathing monitor alarm went off. The four-week-old baby, which had been born prematurely, was lying in a pool of blood with her nose and part of her upper lip chewed off. The parents found rat feces in the crib. Police believe milk or formula that had leaked onto the baby attracted the rodent. No one else in the home was bitten, say police. Michael Sawyer, who supervises Kansas City's rat control program. Wow, you really must have a problem with rats in Kansas City. You've got an entire program devoted to it. Said exterminators spent Monday at the family's house, several occupied homes nearby, vacant houses, and in the surrounding sewer system. He said, we don't ever want this to happen again. We're all over the neighborhood now. Said it was the first time in several years of working in rodent control that he'd heard of a rat attacking a human. But he said less severe cases might have happened and were not reported. The city funded a rat control unit in the late 1990s, but budget cuts closed it for about three years. It reopened last May. Sawyer said rats can be difficult to exterminate because they're cautious of new things in their environment. He said the rodents have been known to force weaker members of their colonies to eat new food to really? see if they die. Wow. Yeah, they're smart little bastards, uh, rats are. <laughs> That's the reason that they—that's the reason there's so many of them and that they live so close to us. Mm-hmm. Well, we should try to figure out a way to make our cars run on them. Sawyer said rats are attracted on their little treadmills. They're yeah. attracted to water, food, and shelter. He encouraged residents to pick up trash, keep a tight lid on food, and cut down tall weeds to conserve his habitat. Also, wipe up any uh, water that's around the sink. Any like you know, just if, if there happens to be water that's around the sink or that mm-hmm. kind of thing, make sure that's all wiped up. That's drink a good that idea. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can also, of course, hire, if you're really having a problem, hire an exterminator to come in. They'll set traps. Or you can set your own traps if, you, if you'd like. In fact, uh, I was looking for, we had a, a bit of a problem in my house here in New Hampshire after we'd moved in. There were rats coming in or little, you know, house mice or whatever you want to call them. I don't think they were rats because they weren't very large. They or, weren't coming in too far because Senior Grouchy Pants would have had them. True. Senor was living here for a while, and uh, he sort of kept everything under control. But then we noticed that uh, there had been some holes torn in the bags in the pantry and looked up and turns out that there's this just open area on the, the upper portion of the pantry where they could just come in from the inside of the walls of the house. So it's very easy for them to get in here. 
Um, now, I've know. found that the, the sticky traps work really well if you put them along the wall. Rats have a tendency to run yeah. along a wall as opposed to out in the middle where they're exposed. True. And uh, that seems to work really well. We tried the, uh, the sticky traps and caught one fairly quickly. Um, but it was just... it was. You just, didn't catch them all if you caught one. No, we, we didn't catch them all. And the sticky trap was sort of disturbing. Because, yeah, oh, it is disturbing. Uh, you you have to watch this rat essentially die. Um, well, you don't have to watch him for long. You no. put him in a paper bag. That's true. I, I was dinner that night. <laughs> I was concerned. Uh, I was concerned that uh, you know if I picked it up and held it the wrong way, he might fall off. And I just wanted him to die oh, no. on the trap. He's, He's not going to huh? fall off. <laughs> no, okay. that stuff is. Touch it one time. Stick I your finger in it. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Well, you don't have to stick your finger in that one. You can stick your finger in a, a separate clean one yeah. if you want. You can, and you'll realize they're not getting out. Like, there's different types of traps that are out there. There's the uh, there's the classic standard snap trap. Snap. You know? Like uh, they they get the cheese or the the peanut butter. Cheese or peanut butter, I think, are the two best things for rats. They uh, they and then the, then the uh, the thing snaps back on them and breaks their neck or whatever it breaks something breaks whatever it hits and uh, and then they die there and those can be a little messy those can leave a, like a bloody mess uh, like a pool of blood afterwards and if you don't like cleaning that sort of thing up and for, for me I can handle that sort of thing but I'd rather not you know I'd rather not I'd rather make it as easy as possible so the the glue trap is bloodless but we left him there long enough to where he tried to get away mm-hmm. so much like. His bones started jettisoning from his body. I yeah. mean, it was really, really disturbing. It's wow. death, Ian. I mean, right. you know, un- unfortunately, it, it yeah. doesn't. It, it's generally not that clean, and you know, you you can't ask them to leave. You've got to right. kill them. They They're, are they are the enemy. I just got an idea for a new invention: be a rat trap that that basically herds them into a microwave, and every five minutes it goes off and just toasts them completely to ashes, and then. Yeah, the, microwaves don't toast things to ashes. <laughs> oh, well, if you have it on for like 15 minutes or really? 20 minutes. Something awful would Something happen, Something awful, sure. yeah. They'll probably explode. Yeah, that would... No, I don't want to clean that up. Uh, <laughs> clean up. I want clean up to be a minimum. I want it to be easy. So I found these rat traps that are essentially these circular black traps with a little door on the side of it. And it's kind of a... I guess there's some sort of a snap trap going on in there uh, because you have to actually set it by twisting it. And you can feel springs... Uh, loading as you twist it, Ooh. but what you do is you set the peanut butter on the inside. There's an access panel on the bottom of it. You set the peanut butter on the inside of the trap, and so the little rats will go in there, and they'll they'll go through this little maze, essentially, to try to get the peanut butter, and then the, the trap will catch them. So you essentially catch the rat, you take the you pick the trap up, and you drop it in the trash can. There's no blood. There's no mess to clean up. There's no uh, rotting rat carcass to look at. So I, I really think that uh, that those are pretty good. And and that worked too, so it was effective. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. All right, enough rat stories. We got a lot to talk about here. In fact, Wayne, word is that one particular word in New York City, at least, might be banned soon. Yes. What's going on? Slur has no place in New York City. Resolution says the city council is poised to pass a resolution today, which was yesterday, which would symbolically ban the racial slur known as the N word. Part of a growing national debate about the use of the word. Is there a national debate about this? Well, I think people debate about uh, the use of the N-word. Michael Richards sort of brought some of that up, too. Oh, right, right, right. But uh, uh, the measure encourages New Yorkers not to use the word and to become educated about its racist history. It is a word developed to justify slavery and dehumanizing people and should not be used, especially in the manner young people are using it, says Leroy Comrie, the Queen's councilman who introduced the measure. You can't reformat a word that's despicable. 
The resolution passed five to nothing Monday by the council, the council's civil rights committee, which will not be enforceable and carries no penalty. That leads some observers to question its merit. There's nothing wrong with lawmakers using their own forum to say what we shouldn't use, uh, to say we shouldn't use this word, and it's distasteful. But to try to put it in a form of a resolution or an ordinance, uh, I think it's just a waste of a taxpayer's dollars, says Robert Richards, a law professor at Penn State University and founding co-director of the Pennsylvania Center for the First Amendment. So is there a chance that that's what they're going to do? It sounds like they're, they're on the bully pu- pulpit here, uh, preaching to the, to the public about the word, but evidently... Uh, but not just preaching about it, they're getting ready to mandate something. Well, they, it, well, it wouldn't be enforceable. They've passed a resolution. It's like a non-binding resolution. Yes, it's, it's not enforceable. It's not an ordinance. Uh, but still, they did spend their time on this. Yes, and, and they're being paid. Right, they're being paid to do this, and and they might go down that road eventually. They might just decide that, well, people haven't stopped using this word, so now we're going to outlaw it. Mm-hmm. I mean, would if if they think that they can do a non-binding resolution trying to restrict freedom of speech, then I don't think it's that far of a jump for them to just think, hey, well, let's just let's just ban this word here in New York City. Let's make it so uh, we won't arrest you. We'll just give you a ticket. You'll get a $5 fine if anybody hears you using the N-word. And you know what? I don't like that word. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't, I don't appreciate its use at all, but I would never, ever consider ever suggesting that uh, people be punished in some way or banned from utilizing that uh, that term. It'll be selectively enforced if it That's were ever true. law. 1-800-259-9231 is the pack at 8.net toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, completely free, that we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at amazon.freetalklive.com. 35 categories of products. Great free super saver shipping deals on many of their items, and uh, that includes, I think, every single item in their grocery store. As a matter of fact, as you well know, Amazon, of course, known for their book collection, tremendous amount of uh, DVDs, furniture, electronics, uh, I mean, even accessories. Plasma screen TVs there. They've got high dollar items, low dollar items, it's all there, and we get a percentage if you shop through Amazon.freetalklive.com. So it's a great way to get the stuff you need and help support Free Talk Live all at the same time. That's Amazon. Dot freetalklive.com. Now, Wayne, you're telling us about a story out of New York City, some sort of commission, uh, the city councilors, some subcommittee has essentially come out with a recommendation. It's not a law. Resolution. It's, it's a, resolution. It a resolution. It's a suggestion that people stop using the N-word. Now, That's I right. find the N-word uh, to be a pretty despicable word. I personally don't use it myself. Uh, however... I am a big fan of the freedom of speech. I like the First Amendment. I like the idea that you should be able to say what you want in a public uh, location, a government uh, government location. And this flies in the face of all that. Now, it doesn't quite fully fly in the face in that it's not a law yet, but whenever I hear of a city council doing anything that, uh, that sounds like this, I, I just feel like a law is around the corner, and it really disturbs me. But there's more to the story, right? Yes, it goes on. It says, uh, while still an epithet, the word is also used by some within the African-American community to con- connote friendship. 
controversy over whether the word should be used. I'd say that's used. the way it's most heavily used today. Oh, definitely, definitely. In fact, I grew up with a lot of Italians, and we called each other the Italian uh, slurs Wap. all the time. Yeah, WAP, Guinea, all that stuff. Yeah. But if somebody, like an Spaghetti Irish... Spaghetti bender? Yeah, if, if Irishmen called, called us that, you know, we'd, we'd be... Uh, You'd be angry. Yeah, we'd, we'd be upset. It's about the tone, I think, uh, mostly when it comes to racial epithets. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and, and a lot of ethnic groups have different epithets. They might call themselves, but they, but they don't let other groups call them. And, you know, that, that, since you bring that up, I know there's more, but since you bring that up, why is it that the N-word gets such special attention? I mean, why don't we go ahead and pass a resolution? I mean, that's not very politically correct of them. As Shouldn't po- they have as- included all sorts of different ethnicities in there? I mean, let's let's pass a resolution making it so you can't say all sorts of different words. I think the N-word is probably the worst racial racial epithet out there. That's why we're all calling it the N-word instead of saying it, as though we, we, though we yeah. did say WAP a moment ago. Oh, that's absolutely it's, true. It's yeah. Deg- yeah, it's degrading. That's, we, you have one in the room here, so you can say WAP or Guinea, but <laughs> you see. can't say the N-word. I see. Yeah. So let's continue, Wayne. So anyway, uh, let's see. After... Richard's outburst, Michael, Michael Richards, Richards, yeah, uh, civil rights activist Jesse Jackson and Representative Maxine Water, Democrat from California, called on entertainers to stop using the word. Paul Mooney, a black comedian who long made the word a staple of his routines, agreed to do so. Hmm. Uh, Comrie, now this, this, the state, uh, I think he's the city councilman, says his measure was motivated by the Richard incident, along with many times he hears school children in his community use the word. Similar symbolic bans have been approved this year in Westchester County, New York, Irvington, New Jersey, and the New York Legislature. Such resolutions are really not a First Amendment issue as long as they're not mandatory, says Gene Polinsky, uh, Executive Director of the First Amendment Center. But is this what we want our politicians spending their time on is the second question. Absolutely. I don't know. Well, I, suppose I guess you're right. It is what I'd rather them spend their yeah, time on is non-binding they, resolutions. Right. I'd rather they write a bunch of non-binding resolutions than more regulations. I'd rather they take a long walk off a short pier. True. It, it sounds like they're walking the line, though, between saying, suggesting, suggesting or threatening to pass a law. That's what it sounds like yeah. to me. 1-800-259-9231. I don't know what to ask about this beyond, did you, do you think this is even an issue today? I don't really think it's an issue. I don't hear it in my daily life. It's not something that's that's being used. Well, it depends on where you live. And again, we do live in Keene, New Hampshire. Which if you, is that's right, ninety nine percent white. Yeah. If well, you know, if you uh, go down to, well, I used to live in Florida, and there's a significant percentage of black population down there. And, and if you go to that section of town, um, you know, that that's mostly black, you'll find them using the word quite a bit. Right. But I'm talking about in the pejorative sense. In the uh, understood, but um, it. Probably it's probably used uh, largely, uh, mostly I would think in the reference, uh, you know, uh, back and forth between um, people of that ethnicity, not um, you know as a pejorative. Well, whereas that's the worst use of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're ever you're not going to be able to mandate that out of existence by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. What I think this resolution's aimed at is the everyday life use. You know, I think at one time the word was used to, to degrade people, but now it's almost a joke between people of, of the black community. It, it's almost like it's not true anymore, so hey. It's lost its meaning. It's, yeah, uh, it's been it, used so often. When a word is overused, it loses its meaning and its charge. And Possibly so. Possibly. I, Possibly. I, I don't think it, you know. It offends like, some You can people. say that word with the, with the right amount of vitriol in, um, in, in the wrong neighborhood, and you're going to, you, you probably are going to get beaten up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or you're going to run awful fast. Yeah, one of the two. 800-259-9231, your comments on this or whatever you want to bring up. Also, Wayne, you've got another word-related uh, item of show prep here tonight. That's right. Meanwhile... This one does have to do with the law. That's right. Meanwhile, in Tallahassee, Florida, 
A state legislator whose district is home to thousands of Caribbean immigrants wants to ban the term illegal alien from the state's official documents. I personally find the word alien offensive when applied to individuals, especially to children, says uh, Senator Frederica Wilson, Democrat Miami. An alien to me is somebody from outer space. I agree with him. You're making fun of him, but I agree. It's not nice. I mean, these are people. They're not aliens. They're just people that live, that happen to be born uh, on a different plot of land. So what? I don't know. I mean, uh, they are here illegally. I I think that the laws are bad. But If uh, if this law goes through, uh, then will that essentially nullify all of the illegal alien-related laws? Or will it just – does he want to replace it with another word? Illegal Um, immigrant? They'll probably – yes, I'm sure it'll be something. Undocumented immigrant maybe. Who knows? I see. But they just want to get rid of the word illegal alien from the state's paperwork. Oh, okay. I thought he wanted to actually strike the laws that had to do with illegal immigration for Florida, in which case I would have been behind it. But if all he's talking about is just changing one word and not actually changing the meaning of the law, yeah. then it, it's a she. It's a she says she's introduced she. a bill provided, provided that the state agency or official may not use the term illegal alien in an official document of the state. There would be no penalty for using the words. In Miami-Dade <laughs> County, Wilson said, we don't say alien, we say immigrant. I see. So instead of alien, they say illegal immigrant. It's still the thought police at work. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't know. It's uh, alien immigrant. I don't. I think that the illegal part is probably what um, is the uh, most. Uh, yeah, I object the to the stigma. illegal portion. Absolutely. Well, it's only illegal to the socialist state that has to pay for it. It's not illegal to the people who want to work in a voluntary society with these people coming here for opportunities. Right. Which is uh, which is what. Uh, I consider I consider this I- issue so important uh, here in America today, and it's so misunderstood the immigration issue. People uh, they just don't get it. They don't understand that uh, the people coming here are not their enemy. They are just people who are looking for a better life. And people that want the same that. things that they want. Right. And so I understand where the representative is coming from in that, you know, the term alien sounds kind of scary. It sounds like, well, we don't want these people here. Um, so to that extent, I agree. But I guess this is what lawmakers do. They quibble over semantics all day long. Right. Well, we should have this word instead of this word and uh, two ands, four buts and uh, three ors. I mean, that's what politicians spend their time with. And again, you know, if that's what she's arguing for, I don't really on the scale of political uh, change, on the scale of the things that they could be doing. I mean, she could be lobbying for an increase in the income tax. She could be lobbying for a a boost in the property taxes. So, hey, you know what? No big deal. You know, you're right. In a way, uh, spending time on silly little things like this uh, is actually good in the sense that it prevents them from spending time on other things that cost us more. Right. They're going to want to go home eventually. So as far as I'm concerned, they should... uh, what is it, uh, filibuster? They should filibuster over this. It's such an important issue. <laughs> Spend five days uh, arguing over whether or not the term should be alien or immigrant. Please. The only, the only problem with it is is it shows a, a trend, a dangerous trend, where they're trying to censor people's speech and, and their words they use. Oh, and they're not trying to, to censor people's speech. They're just talking about the law. Uh, th- those, they don't count as people. Lawmakers uh, don't count as it's people. It's a tiny, tiny little step. Yes. Right. Well, once they start now, the and once the law, um, the lawmakers or bureaucrats uh, can't use the word, then the, um, of course, the the media outlets that get almost all their media mm-hmm. directly from these people will stop using, um, that word, and it, it it really is it's a bit of a muzzle. I wouldn't agree with that at all. No, I would I would agree that the 
the the resolution banning the n word is a step maybe a step in that direction but changing a word in, on a law book is not it doesn't have anything to do with coercion it doesn't have anything to do with forcing they're not even coming close to threatening people she's not suggesting anything about uh, stopping regular people from using that word she's just saying it shouldn't be in the law books and you know if that's what she wants to spend her time on whatever 800-259-9231 is the toll free number on the way mark you've got a story about well i guess it's kind of a sad story isn't it a marine Mm. or army guy or something like that someone who has uh did he perish over in Iraq? No, no, it's just a, it's just his story. All right. We'll get to that in your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And, and Penmark. And some the minimum. 1-800-259-9231 is even, the even, number. Even. You bring up what you want. And join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. That, again, is freetalklive.com. As we go to the phones, do the fun. Let's go to Kurt in Michigan on the amplifier line. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Wayne, and Mark. Hello, Kurt. Hi, guys. How are you tonight? Doing great. What's on your mind? Well, actually, um, I, I believe I owe you an apology. Why is um, that? And, uh, well, I, I I called last night, and I didn't quite get out what I wanted to say, because I don't believe an apology is just, I'm sorry. I think it should be a little more than that. Hmm. And just to make sure I touched on all the points I wanted to touch on, I wrote a little, wrote a little, wrote a little something out for myself. It's only about a minute and a half long, and I, I hope you indulge me on this. Okay, well, we'll see as it goes along how uh, it's good. worthy of... Yeah, well, what do you it. got? Well, I believe I have an apology. I am a gold-level amplifier, becoming so from the silver level after hearing your show dedicated to the law enforcement forum. Mm-hmm. Both times I've sent you funds, I did so with a postal money order, and although that's not the crux of my transgression, I do promise to never send you funds in that fashion again. Hmm. When I initially became an amplifier... I emailed to you three funny names from which to choose for your website's amplifier list. Right. The one you eventually chose, Dick Fits Right, still occupies that space. Okay. I did this in partly, partly to be funny, wondering if anyone would notice or maybe to get a laugh from you, but now I realize I did so mostly out of cowardice. I was uh. afraid to have my real name published. I now understand that this is an affront to the both of you who bravely get on the air 18 oh. hours a week, that's with no silly. cover whatsoever, no, hiding neither your faces nor your identities. It's not an affront. Uh, not everybody's ready to uh, to reveal who they are. Uh, there are certain there are certain times at which uh, being anonymous is entirely appropriate. I wouldn't necessarily call it cowardice. Uh, I would just simply say you weren't weren't uh, ready for that. Well, I, I'm ashamed, and I formally request that you change my amplifier name from that name to my real name that I I have emailed to you. Okay, great. Uh, I have the utmost respect for what you do all week long, and I'm proud to be counted among both your listeners and your amplifiers. Please forgive me and allow me to stand with you shoulder to shoulder with my name proudly displayed to fight against this enemy called tyranny. 
Wow. Well, thank you, Kurt. Uh, I appreciate that. And I'm a, I'm a few days behind on processing amplifiers, but I, I promise I will get the, uh, get to that probably by uh, the end of this week. You know, I hadn't thought about it before. Um, you know, giving the fake name, I, it's it's sort of set up so you can be anonymous, and well, some the, people the like default, that. Just to explain, Kurt's an amplifier. Means he's sending uh, X amount of dollars. I think you said you're gold now, Kurt. Uh, you're sending. Yeah. He's sending ten. We only ask for three. He's sending ten dollars a month to the show, and by default. You don't get recognized. By default, you are an anonymous amplifier. Um, I always ask people when they sign up, I ask them, well, you know, do you want to be revealed? Do you want to be shown on our list of, of amplifiers? And if so, you can actually use a pseudonym, as, as Kurt had originally uh, chosen to do, or you can just say no and, uh, and leave yourself off of it. Or if you don't say anything, you won't be put up. So by default, it's an anonymous program. But luckily, um, thankfully, uh, uh, several hundred of our amplifiers have gone ahead and revealed who they are, um, some with just first names, uh, some with, uh, with, uh, with for their full name. And I, there's certainly no requirement. I wouldn't. I was. It was not an affront, Kurt. I don't feel bad about it at all. I totally respect anonymity, and I totally respect privacy. And I understand why people would be paranoid about being on a list like that, because uh, some people are really concerned with what the government's going to do. Some people, and it may be a legitimate concern. Some people may be afraid that the government will audit our amp list and uh, and uh, send uh, uh, the IRS after those people. Who knows? Well, you know, my, my paperwork's all in order. They can send them after me if they want. But the fact of the matter is, the fewer of us who are afraid, the more they'll have to go after, the more power we all have. I'm going to stop being afraid. I'm going to spread the message to my friends and family, even if their eyes blaze over, and I'm going to keep amping like crazy. Just awesome. drip, drip on them. Don't... <laughs> Kurt, thank you for the call, and, uh, and consider taking the next step, and that is moving to New Hampshire and joining the Free State Project. Yeah. Well, I, I, until I can, until I can get my wife to, to agree to that, I'm going to keep spreading the news. Thanks, Kurt. Take it easy. 800-259-9231 is the packet 8.net toll free line for you. Yeah, I don't. that's not an affront to me. I totally understand. It's not to me either, but um, I, I understand where he's coming from, and, you know, he's moved into a different phase for himself, and I, I think he's doing the right thing. Absolutely, yeah. and there's a time for that. There, there was a time in my life where I was focused on different things, and... And I didn't have this show, uh, and things were different, and I needed to be more anonymous. Down in Florida, I um, was was essentially running below the radar. Uh, down in Florida, I wouldn't have taken, uh, wouldn't have done some of the drastic things that I've done up here in New Hampshire, simply because I didn't want to stick my head out too far. I didn't want to get caught up in something down there and have that detract from my ability to move up to New Hampshire even sooner. When I say something, I don't know what, maybe taking play, uh, part in a protest or something, and and getting arrested. I mean, who knows what what can happen? Mm-hmm. Um, the more you stick your head out, the more likely somebody, some government bureaucrat, will take notice and decide to instigate action against you. So yeah. I totally understand uh, the paranoia. There's definitely a place for a v for a vendetta mask. Sure. For wearing that. There's nothing yeah. wrong with with being anonymous, and you can still be anonymous and help out, which is why we created that as an option. Um, you can still be anonymous in other areas of activism and help out. Like you say, Wayne, wear a, if you want to go to a roadside protest but you don't want to be uh, identified, wear a mask. It'll, it's, it'll actually get you more attention as far as people will wonder, who's that in the mask? You know, So maybe it's not such a good idea from that aspect. But there are definitely ways to help out. There are people who are on our side who are essentially what they call moles. Who essentially they work inside government bureaucracies or agencies that or, or businesses that work closely with government to monkey wrench from the inside mm-hmm. to sort of screw things up whenever they get the chance whenever they can do it without getting caught they'll screw something up 
There are people that, and those people need their anonymity. For those people, anonymity is critical. So it totally depends on your circumstances. But, you know, when you're ready to stand up and you're ready to be counted amongst the uh, the freedom lovers, the liberty lovers, the, the freedom fighters, then I absolutely support that action as well. And We need whistleblowers, too. Sure. Um, absolutely. But, you, and, but you, need, you need to be anonymous to get to the point where you see something. Precisely. So there's a certain time when uh, flying under the radar is the best thing that you can possibly do. Look at your end goals. Look at where you want to go and then figure out how to get there. If being loud and uh, obnoxious and in your face and an agitator is the way to do it, then shift your gears and, and go that direction. If it's not quite time to become an agitator or you're not somebody who thinks you should be an agitator, I would qualify as an agitator. I'm no. somebody who is... Uh, because and, of the show or when you go out and protest? Because or of what? the show. Well, the protests are a factor as well. But uh, anytime you're seen, anytime you're um, getting in the face of bureaucracy, anytime you are essentially agitating, as uh, Claire Wolf puts it, um, you agitating for liberty, you're an agitator. If you're behind the scenes, if you're then you're the, then you're a mole. There's also the ghost as well, which is uh, another one of her categories. Now, what about Dave Ridley? He goes and uh, you know goes. He's to, an agitator. He's gone to uh, oh, yeah. public offices, but he's very, he's he smiles the whole time. He holds a sign. He's kind. He leaves when he's asked to. You, you don't have to be a jerk to be an agitator. I see. Right. Just want just trying to clear it up. Oh, which reminds me, uh, since uh, we're talking about. Uh, being a jerk and that sort of thing, I actually got some, uh, well, I don't know if it's tr- total hate mail, but somebody doesn't like my attitude. Well, that's no surprise. It's from Roger. He <laughs> says, guys, Ian, actually, I've stopped listening regularly to your show for several reasons. The first and foremost is your superior and arrogant attitude. Is it towards uh, 911 uh, Oh, you got this too? No, I, I can just tell you, because you are superior and arrogant towards 911 conspirators. That's an excellent uh, guess, because that's where he goes next. What I'm talking about is you're so set in your beliefs that no other option or opinion is open to discussion. Anyone who disagrees with you is obviously just lacking in brains or is a nut. Case in point is your stand on the 911 issues. Open your eyes, says Roger. It was a total inside job. Just the most cursory look into Building 7 is enough to convince any thinking individual. Well... Maybe Roger gets so heated and upset when he hears us talking about this. And by the way, we don't bring 9-11 up on the show to attack it. We don't do that. Um, We respond when one of the conspiracy people calls in to try to convert us or whatever it is they're trying to do. In this case, emails. Promote their ideas. So we don't ever bring it up. But when it comes up, we'll address it. As I will, uh, while I will readdress it here, maybe Roger can listen very carefully to this. Because I'm going to try to make it as crystal clear as I possibly can. Oh, but he also has other objections as well. We'll get to those. 800-259-9231 is the packet 8.net toll free line for you. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Because that's how a show run by an arrogant jerk is run, apparently. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The pack at 8.net. Toll free line for you. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. And do enjoy those. They're on us. And that does include the updates. You get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. That's updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. Once again, updates. 
www.freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. We're getting into a little bit of hate mail here, Mark. And as you know, uh, if you've been listening to the show for at least a little while, whenever hate mail comes in, it tends to get a little bit of priority. So Roger has emailed in. And it's not total hate mail because he ends it with a compliment, which is nice and everything. But usually if you want somebody to take your critique seriously, just a quick tip for anybody who's looking into management or communications uh, or wants to communicate with people better. Always a good idea to compliment before critique. Yeah, the the, the first thing you do is compliment before critique, but it, it makes people like me cringe when I get a compliment. What do you mean? Well, because here, here's the compliment. Now, what you know, comes coming? Next? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just it. Uh, I don't like to get compliments from bosses for that very reason. Well, it's not just bosses; it's just communicating with people in general. If you've got something that uh, someone you need to have words with, do your best to give that person a compliment first. Tell them what they're doing right. Hopefully, there's something. Tell them what they're doing right, and you know if they're if it really if they're really somebody that screws up all the time, it may be difficult for you to figure out what it is they're doing right. But take the effort, uh, put the effort in to, to figure out something you can compliment that person. About. I don't do it. Um, I don't do it that way. I've I've managed uh, sales teams in the past, and um, what I do is I generally say, look, this isn't uh, bash Ian Day or anything like that. I've just got a little bit of critique. Um, I re- I recognize that you're an incredibly talented talk show host, and I'm not trying to diminish that. What I'm trying to say is, um, you know, you've got a big mouth and sometimes it irritates people. Me. Right. The talented but, talk show. But host. do you understand how I, 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 I said it? Like I'm saying, look, this isn't about you or anything like that. I do it a little different. That's a lie, though. It is about me. You just made it about me. Don't lie to me. Don't insult my intelligence. <laughs> it, it's, it's soft and it's nice and it works. Right. He's blaming it on other people. 1-800-259-9231. Your calls about anything. Who am I anyway, let me continue Roger's email here. Um, I'm not critiquing how Roger wrote his email. Whatever. I expect all sorts of uh, different types of emails. It doesn't offend me. It's just an email. Uh, but nonetheless, he says that uh, I am arrogant. He says I act superior and arrogant. He says uh, anyone who disagrees with you is obviously lacking in brains or is a nut. Case in point is your stand on the 9-11 issues. Open your eyes. It was a total inside job. Just the most cursory look into Building 7 is enough to convince any thinking individual. Apparently, he listened to last night's show because this email came in today. And uh, and last night, we had a couple guys call in about the conspiracy thing. And once again, we address the issue, as we always do. Uh, And I try to make it as clear as possible. Look, Roger, I've looked at your evidence. It's not that I'm closed-minded or superior or arrogant. I've looked at it. I've seen the videos. I've seen the same stuff that you have. I've seen some stuff, and I'm just not interested. I've also seen the rebuttals, and uh, I've read through those. And this is all stuff that now, looking back, I wish I had my hours back. I wish I had my time back. I wish I'd have put in a video game and played, uh, you know, beaten Dracula in Castlevania instead of watching all of these uh, conspiracy videos. Because, and the reason I say that, is because it's completely irrelevant to me whether or not the government was behind 9-11. I don't care if the the irrefutable evidence comes out. If you listen to the show, we already think the government's evil. You don't have to convince us. Right. Everything they do. 
um, you know, as to we, but we also think they're incompetent. So it, the the nine eleven thing. It's not just an opinion. I mean, that's just right. the fact. The nine eleven thing doesn't fit into um, our paradigm because we don't believe that the government could successfully pull it off. Well, they get a few things right, guys. But the important point here is we have to focus on things we're for. That's what strengthens us. When mm-hmm. we when we focus on evil, we think we focus about things we're against. That weakens us. So yeah, you have to identify problems here and there, but you really have to focus on what we're for, which is liberty, which is voluntary cooperation. Those are the things that will make us stronger and successful. Absolutely. And when it comes to focusing on liberty and voluntary cooperation and freedom and and the path towards those ends, debating minutiae over uh, what happened with an alleged terrorist attack doesn't fit into that uh, that spectrum. It doesn't affect my worldview. It doesn't affect where I'm going with this show. And uh, and and I I'm tired of all of the conspiracy people trying to call in and and what are they it's I feel like they're trying to recruit me I feel like they're really bothered by the fact that we're on this ge- this Genesis Communications mm-hmm. network with all these other conspiracy shows and we're not in the club you know we're not doing conspiracy talk three hours a night six nights a week they're really bothered by that and so they want to call in and keep presenting the same old tired evidence over and over again in the hopes that at some point i'll break down and say yes finally i've seen the light finally thank you for showing me the same video clips over and over again finally i've been convinced to believe that uh, the government was indeed behind 9-11 and now now we're changing the focus of this show from attaining liberty and taking your phone calls about anything to only talking 9-11 talk all the time. Is that what you want? Because you're never going to get it. And the fact that I'm telling you that you're never going to get it, which is what I said last night, I think that might be what's making Roger um, say, well, you're closed-minded. You you don't want to look at the evidence. You think we're lacking brains or we're nuts. And look, I don't care. Some of the conspiracy people that live around here are friends of mine. Caleb is uh, is a Free Talk Live amplifier. You'll see his name on the amp list. He is a true believer when it comes to 9-11. Mm-hmm. But luckily, he doesn't really let it get in the way of his activism. Luckily, right. Caleb gets out there and he actually does things that don't all have to do with 9-11 conspiracy theories. If all he was about was 9-11 conspiracies all the time, I wouldn't want to hang around him. Why would we want to be like all the other shows? You know, Caleb's also a good Christian, and to, to me, it's it's kind of um, it's kind of like the the Mormons or the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. And I don't mean to pick on those two religions, but they do come to your door. Yeah. Um, you know, if you now, obviously, we ask people to call in about anything they want to call about because I'm arrogant and I want to control the entire show. I mean, that's just another. But how come the that? Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses don't do this? I mean, the, to me, the 9/11 Truthers are the most, um, uh, you know, tenacious mm. of uh, people that I have to deal with. A lot of proselytizing. I mean, if if the 9/11 Truthers, um, if you had a welcome mat out in front of your door and it was uh, nothing but Jehovah's Witnesses knocking on your door all day long. And, and not to say that's what happens, but, you know, it, you get that impression. That's how you would feel at some point or another, like, look, I don't believe in your Jehovah's Witness stuff. No, I don't. Take me off your list. Well, and please take me off the 9-11 conspiracy But we invite people to call list. in, so. Oh, that's fine. I, they're still free to call in, and but they're going to get jumped on when they do. Right. Guys, you know, I've seen I've seen the evidence too and I have my beliefs about it, but I don't think it's productive to focus on it. Mhm. No, and and it would definitely be uh and again, even if tomorrow incontrovertible proof was was released and I had to admit, you know what? Okay, yes, so and so was behind this. Here's the the incontrovertible proof. It wouldn't do anything to change the format of this radio show. And I would still blow the callers off like, look, I don't want to talk about this. So what's his other critique? 
Well, his other critique is that I'm an atheist. He says also, oh, and, there, and there's a little more. He says also your atheistic stance is directly out of the communist manifesto and is deeply disturbing. Whoa, Roger, did the communists create atheism? Right. I don't think the communists <laughs> created um, a, a belief that God doesn't exist. That's not fair. Ian just doesn't believe that God exists. He's certainly right. not a communist. You com- take control of the airways. Yeah. We're coming back with more Free Talk Live in moments. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And, of course, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features totally free, including the wiki. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. See what I mean? By heading over to wiki.freetalklive.com. That's w-i-k-i.freetalklive.com. And now you can uh, save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save. That's LegalZoom.com. I had one of our listeners email me from over the weekend. One of our indie listeners heard us mentioning LegalZoom. And they asked me, well, they didn't, they didn't catch the code. What's the code that I can get the discount with? So I emailed them back. It's FTL. And I think that, Mar- Mark, if we ever... Do some sort of uh, like a, a deal in the future where our listeners can get a discount. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to get FTL as the code, right? Oh yeah, it's always FTL. So like, if there's a code that we mention on the air, it's probably going to be, there's a 99% chance it's going to be FTL. Yeah, but that was an indie listener, probably one that doesn't listen to the show from start to finish. Sure. Unlike our podcast listeners or um, you know weeknight listeners, it's a weekend listener, and and they're the least likely to have gotten that message that you just gave. You know those those people are always going to email in and ask that. That's true. Right, speaking of emails, we're in the middle of one from Roger. He's uh, concerned that uh, I don't allow. I guess he, he's concerned that I'm not open-minded enough when it comes to the conspiracy theories. He's also bothered that I'm an atheist, and uh, and he's just wrong on all the counts. He's just wrong, wrong, wrong. I'm plenty open-minded. I've looked into it before. It just doesn't matter to me on the atheism and, thing. You know, a jerk might be a jerk, but you're not going to convince them by confronting them about their jerkiness. Hmm. You know, um, just for for Roger's sake here, um, Ian is not going to change his opinion because you wrote in, um, you know, an email telling him you're closed minded. Yeah. Closed minded people aren't going to listen to you when you tell them they're closed minded. They're going to say, no, I'm not. I'm right. I'm not closed minded. I'm not even saying I'm right. I'm saying I don't care. Plenty of people have written in very persuasive um, emails about 9-11 and we still don't believe it because, well, we just don't believe it. But. I think the uh, rebuttals are much more persuasive than any of the evidence that the uh, the 9/11 people have and and again to me whatever it doesn't make a difference to my pro freedom activism at all. To me, and that's why that's why I want to get clear. It's not that I'm not open-minded. I'm plenty open-minded. I, if if I was if I weren't open-minded, how on earth would I have ever come to the position I'm in? If I weren't open-minded, I would have rejected the concepts of freedom and liberty when first uh, proposed. By Harry Brown, which, by the way, I want to talk about Harry Brown here in a little Usually while. Usually a closed-minded person is somebody who just doesn't agree with you. I see what you mean. Yeah. Right. You, you went to public school, too. That's true. Uh, so he also <laughs> apparently doesn't agree that I'm an atheist. He says it's directly out of the Communist Manifesto, and it's deeply disturbing. Well, as I pointed out, um, atheists came before communists. And just because one is an atheist doesn't make one more likely to be a communist. I mean, that's just absurd. I, you know, it's fine if you're disturbed by my atheism, but that's just how I am. 
the, I think belief in God is kind of silly. But if you want to go and believe in a God, then that's your business, and I don't care. And just because you believe in God doesn't mean that I'm going to align you with the ultra-religious right. Just because you have a belief system in some sort of deity doesn't mean necessarily that you want to pass laws and regulate my behavior. I don't know until I talk to you personally and, uh, and make a value judgment about who you are. And I, I, it's a bit of an insult that you would make a value judgment on me because I'm an atheist must mean I'm a communist or support communism. I don't, I don't have a problem with athe- atheism. I think that there's a problem when atheists try to go change society's fabric as it exists today. What do you mean by that? Um, like, for instance, wanting to take uh, the, the big one, it seems like, um, that the, the right-wingers talk about is uh, atheists want to destroy Christmas, and they want to take God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. Well, um, there are people that would like to take God out of the Pledge of Allegiance, mm-hmm. and they're good. Back, there out are, of, back out of the Pledge of Allegiance. Back out of it. And that, so, and so in that case, they're just fighting against the Christians that changed the fabric of society back in the 1950s by adding it in. Of course, I'm against the Pledge of Allegiance entirely, so it's a non-issue for me. Yeah, yeah. That, that was done in the 50s out of fear of communism, which was atheist. Well, allegedly. Yeah, but there was. There was a big communist fear in the 50s. Uh, the McCarthy hearings. Oh, sure. We were hearing about all that. Well, they put it in there to, I guess, reassure the American people that we were going to become communist country. He says, uh, Roger says, I'm no fan of any organized religion, but to deny God is the height of arrogance. Okay, well, whatever. Yeah, that's that's your opinion, Roger. Right. I, mean, um, I, 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 I believe in God. Um, I don't think that I, I think that Ian is uh, mistaken in his uh, you know atheism, but that's all. I, he doesn't he doesn't foist it upon people. That's he right. will talk about it any chance he gets. But yeah. uh, I'll know. talk about it if it's brought up. If someone asks me a question, I'm not going to lie and say I'm a Christian because I'm not. Right. And and I'm not an in-your-face atheist, as in that I oh, you know I don't close. go and I don't go in man tables trying to recruit other atheists. I don't no, go around knocking spend, on other doors. Certainly, um, you believe in liberty far more than far more than you believe in atheism. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't care if other people are atheists or not. I'm not trying to save people from their Christianity. That's why if we love them. Right. If you're, or their uh, Hinduism, or their, and that's not even a religion, their uh, Islamism, or whatever it is they're, they're into. Buddhism. I don't care. As long as you aren't hurting me. And uh, how you can call that arrogance, I don't know. It seems to me to be a logical conclusion. He says, where exactly is it you think the universe and all of us came from? I don't, again, once again, I've answered this before, and maybe it's because you haven't been listening, Roger, but I don't care. It's not, it's not even relevant or close to relevant to me where the universe came from. There's all kinds of competing theories there. Some people believe there's a Big Bang. Some people believe uh, God's up there on his little computer creating things. Uh, there are other yeah. theories so, yeah, as well. Some people think God came from outer space. Some people think yeah. there are, the aliens the humans, are gods. Yeah. And, and, sure. and we're descendants of aliens. That's where we came from. So, uh, so again, do I care how the universe came to be? No, I don't. I don't have to have an explanation. And that might bother you, because Roger's the kind of person who needs an explanation for everything. He needs an explanation for how the 9-11 attacks happened. He needs an explanation for how the world was created. He won't feel good in his life unless he has those explanations. And you know what? That's your business, Roger. I wonder if he favors a smoking ban, because it seems like it's not okay with him that you're atheist. What business is that of his? Now, you know, um, religion is essentially a story you've created in order to explain the universe and and things around Mm you. And if... You it's look, actually usually created by other people, but I see right, right. It's it's somebody a created story to explain right. the universe. And if you don't believe that, um, and you're a Christian, for instance, think about the 
Mohammedanians. Think about the uh, the Hindus. Think about the the Buddhists. All those people created some fake story. As far as you're concerned, um, a Christian is concerned. Mm. Um, it's a fake story in order to explain the universe and how things but are. My story is real. Right. Yeah. He also says, "How can you deny we're all connected through a, hi- a higher power?" Well, I can. Because I can. Because I can reason and think, and uh, that's the conclusion that I've drawn. You've drawn a different conclusion. Great. He says, all this is very troubling to me, as is your harping on legalizing drugs and how wonderful they are. Whoa. No, I've never said that drugs in general are wonderful. Oh, yeah, you have. No, that's not true. Sure you have. You've said things like... uh, I've said crack cocaine's very dangerous, heroin very dangerous, I've heard you say things like um, LSD could expand your mind, MDMA, you know, basically, you talk about pot being harmless. Steve Jobs from Apple uh, counts uh, doing LSD as one of the most formative, uh, important experiences of his life. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna candy coat stuff. I'm not gonna lie to people about what people have actually said about these drugs. But what um but what he said is that they're so great, and you're saying no, you haven't said that, and I I disagree. I think you have. I said have that not some, said some... that drugs are great. I no, have. No, I, I, have... I, th- I think uh, from what I've heard, uh, Ian, I think Ian has spoke favorably favorably about some drugs and unfavorably unfavorably I'm sorry about others. What what I have spoken about. Is that uh, is the truth? Uh, at least being more honest in regards to drug usage. Mm-hmm. I've talked about harm reduction. I've talked about the uh, the fact is the reality is that kids and young people and people of all ages are going to use drugs. So therefore, they need to be as safe as possible as they can, uh, as safe as they can possibly be by going and doing real research at websites like arrowid.org and trying to understand what it is they're taking. I've never once made a blanket statement to say that drug use is a good idea. Never once. Not that into all drugs That's entirely. What he said. Oh, You're harping great. on yeah. legalizing drugs and how wonderful they are. He says, I this think you're just, just trying to sum things up quickly. Well, whatever. Yeah. He's, uh, you say what you mean, and you mean what you say. He says, uh, and this discredits all the good work you're doing for personal freedom. Things like the store, and, well, maybe in your eyes, Roger, but in the eyes of anyone who's ever smoked a joint, um, I think they would disagree with you. I think uh, those people really appreciate uh, what I've said on the air. He says, things like the story of the non-taxpayer holed up in his property are good and valuable work. I'd very much like to see you stick to issues like this where you're doing a service to the advancement of personal freedom. Well, you know what, Roger? The show's called Free Talk Live because you can call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. So if you want to cover more issues like that, maybe you should call in on them. Hmm. That's a crazy idea. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. Aaron, Gardner, Robert, all on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some Free Talk Live swag over at store.freetalklive.com. You want Free Talk Live shirts and hats? We've got them. We've also got classic archive DVD collector sets, as well as the free Marketeer flag and free bumper stickers. So see what I mean by heading over and doing your shopping at store.freetalklive.com. Get some cool-looking gear and help support the show. Store.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones to the fun. Let's talk to Robert in Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hi there. But you people are very tiresome. Oh, you know what, Robert? You're on a you're in a bad cell or something like that. Can you say that again? Uh, single issue people are very tiresome. Ah, uh, yes, I agree. Uh, two two quick examples. I ran a few years ago. I ran for the board of the community college district, and I went to a candidate forum, 
and a gentleman, an elderly gentleman in the audience stood up to ask me a question, and he asked what my position was on capital punishment. <laughs> and you're and there, for a, you know, there was, a school There was board. a little bit of laughter in the audience, and I said, well, you know, the community college currently isn't executing anyone. So, <laughs> you know, why, why, why do you ask? And he said, I ain't going to vote for nobody who doesn't support the death penalty. Wow. And, you know, Mr. 9-11 guy reminds me exactly of that, where somebody has apparently taken the time to become super-duper educated, or so they think, on mm -hmm. a particular issue, and anybody who isn't with them on that one issue is bad. You know, yep. on everything. Arrogant. Well, he did... Um, he, he, I mean, he did throw you a little compliment here and there, but... Oh, he did. <laughs> you know, the, the other the other example just came out today. The state libertarian party here uh, is pushing a bill in the legislature to actually add a right to privacy in the state constitution. Hmm. And, well, immediately, who came out to oppose it but uh, the right to life groups because they they think that would allow teenagers to have abortions. I see. I'm surprised so, the uh, chiefs of police didn't come out on that one, too. So, you know, it's it, the single issue people to me, and unfortunately there's quite a few libertarians out there who kind of get in that mindset sometimes about, you know, some bizarre treaty of 250 years ago, and that's why everything, you know, is wrong you or know, whatever. To, to be but, fair, though, to be fair, really, it's not necessarily – I don't think it's fair to say that they're all bad. I think that there's a real need for them in some instances because they're the ones that have done the research. When you need expertise – You've got to turn to a single-issue person. So, for instance, if you want to get uh, Rob Campia on from the Marijuana Policy Project, he's going to have the information, the statistics on, uh, you know, at his fingertips. Oh, absolutely. In to that issue. To, you mean the ones that are pushing it? You mean the ones that are? It just, well, not as, no. I'm just saying that the ones who uh, judge, you know, I I don't want my entire totality as a person or a candidate judged by one issue. I see. That you know, life is far more complex, and you know, there's there are many things to be decided, and many issues you know to be faced in today's world. And you know, I would rather someone, you know, take a look at everything instead of just you know you're against you know giving parking tickets to nuns, therefore you're a bad person. Gotcha. Yeah, I I I think that this guy isn't probably as bad as the uh, the the pro-death penalty guy that you had to deal with at the school board, I mean, that guy was way out of line. You know, standing up and saying, well, how do you feel about the death penalty at a school, at, at a college school board meeting? Um, I mean, you know, he just wanted to bring it up. He wanted you to address some of the issues so that he could rebut them so that um, you would address some more. He wanted to get into that debate there, and there was no place for it whatever. He also wanted to label you. As yeah, a good guy right. or a bad guy, based on that issue. That's, that's true. You, you're right. And, I, and I gave a relatively lengthy answer, saying, you know, if I were running for the Senate, if I were running for governor, if I were running for, you know, president, I would feel an obligation to tell you. But since the community college currently isn't executing anyone, it's none of your business. Yeah, he probably thought to himself that you were a coward after saying that. Just, just, just yeah. thinking about <laughs> his mindset. And, and I agree with you. I see where you're coming from. And Robert, thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. He's talking about the ones that will shove it down your throat at every possible opportunity, even creating opportunities where they shouldn't be to uh, to promote that single issue. Uh, let's continue with the calls uh, to Aaron in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, Aaron. Yeah, after listening to tonight's show or just this last hour, I'm, I think I'm going to stop listening to you guys too. And let me tell you why. Sure, why is that? Um, you guys ridicule the 9/11 truthers. And here's an example. You said just 15 minutes ago, you said you wanted your wasted hours back to play video games. 
Yeah, I really that, do. You know, That's ridiculous. And, and then one of you said that you know that the government doesn't do anything right. So you know, and then, and then yeah, you they said it doesn't don't. really matter. Then you said it doesn't really matter. Now what you should do is embrace these truthers and just say, yeah, could have been, and we wouldn't doubt it because the government doesn't do anything right. They didn't protect. No, us. no, no, Norad, no. We don't Norad mean right as in right and wrong. Norad we mean right as in correctly. Us. Marvin Bush was head of security at the WCC. Blah blah blah. We're going to name off a bunch of facts. Us. See you later. Thanks so, for the call. Yeah. See you. Bye now. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The same old tired facts over and over. Alleg- allegations. I think we do. We still we still take that stance though. Um, you still take that stance that you don't um, know what you believe one way or the other. You don't believe the government story. You don't believe the 9-11 truthers. And, um, but, I mean, it's not a 9-11 truth debate show Yeah, that's out there already. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Call them. Talk to them about it. And listen to them because they would love to have your listeners. Because I really, I, you know, I just don't care. 1-800-259-9231. And, they, you know, see what the, you see what he tried to do there? Just blah be blah Okay, now I've got my po- my podium, and I can blab off the same old crap that we've already rebutted and uh, and dealt with on this show. And I'm sure I'm, we're offending even more of them now. Go ahead, find another show to listen to. It, that doesn't bother me. It's well, if you want to hear about 9/11, this is not the show to That's listen correct. to. It isn't. And if you want to convert us to 9/11 truthers, you're going to fail over and over again. Let's go to Gardner Goldsmith calling from New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, Gardner. Hey, Gardner. Greetings, gentlemen. Good job. How does it feel to be on the air with the most arrogant talk show host in the industry? <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> I'm very honored. You know, I, I initially called in, Ian, uh, hearing your voice here, because, you know, I, I was listening to what uh, you were reading in the email, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, yeah, you know, the, the one-issue people are... are uh, a very difficult to handle, even though it is rewarding to have some people who really concentrate on certain things. And and what got me as you then went into the 9/11 thing is, uh, even when you don't devote enough attention to something, the you know the marijuana thing that that's the, they'll say that you're a one-issue person if you don't devote enough time to their issue sometimes. And this isn't something to sort of knock anybody, but it seems like it's the psychology, the way it often works. A lot of people have a lot of special interests, and they concentrate on certain things, mm-hmm. and they feel resentment when you don't concentrate on it the way they would wish you to. And I, I feel the same way about the 9-11 issue and about the marijuana issue as well. Um, the 9-11 thing, I, I don't know how I'm going to find out the truth. I've had a lot of people try to give it to me, and I'm still uncertain. There are a lot of questions, but, you know, it, it's going to take away from my time concentrating on other things to defend liberty if I just strictly talk about that. Totally. And yeah. and, and talking about the 9-11 issue doesn't do zilch to advance liberty. All it yeah. does is uh, is essentially paints one particular administration with a with a black brush. I mean, it essentially yes, these are evil men. They worship Satan around the altar of uh, the Bohemian Grove and sacrifice babies, and they uh, were behind 9/11 and Marvin Bush and blah 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 blah. You know, uh, the, all it does is it uh, is it makes this one administration look bad and doesn't say anything about government in general. It doesn't say anything about uh, how bad government is and how terrible they are at doing things. And 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 uh, the last call. 
caller, Aaron, got it wrong. He thought I was saying, apparently he heard us say government doesn't do things right, or I think, Wayne, you said that earlier, and he misinterpreted that. Um, government doesn't do things well. They don't, that's what you meant by right, not right. right and wrong. Yes, of course it would be wrong to blow up a building, regardless of who was behind it. We're suggesting government can't handle uh, the tasks that they're given to do in normal life. They can't keep drugs out of prisons. They can't deliver the mail on time. How on earth could they be expected to keep this massive, con- to uh, create and construct and keep secret this massive conspiracy it's just it's ludicrous to believe yeah i agree with you uh you know there are so many things to have to get into and uh, i know that a lot of people can misconstrue things or whatever if they think that you've gone too lightly on something then they think that you're not concentrating on something but you know you only have a certain amount of time a day to talk about an sure. issue and there are a lot of other folks who are concentrating on these things and and sometimes uh you, you do get so wound up in something that you can't concentrate on, on a lot of those those major stories that are out there. And that's not to say that we don't want uh, wrongdoers in our government to be held accountable. But I agree. sometimes you're just not going to know, or if you try to find out more, you're going to not be able to watch out against the other well, thing. Well, you know what, Gardner, you've touched on one of the other absurdities of the, uh, the truthers, the conspiracy theorists. They believe that the Illuminati and everything are behind the government, well, that some they do, control the government. Some do, some don't, and it's, um, you know... Many of them do. This, this is the thing, the vagarities of it all. Well, and they, many of them do believe that, and so they're asking for the government to prosecute itself. They're saying, these people should be brought up on charges, but don't they realize they're asking for the controlled government to prosecute itself. I mean, it just, it doesn't follow. Uh, Guard, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate hearing from you. And come on and be on the show one of these days. We would really appreciate that as well. Good night, sir. 800-259-9231. Hour 3 is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. A dead pot activist on the way. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp. FreeTalkLive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 1-800-259-9231 is the packet 8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. As we start out by going to the phones and to the fun, ladies first, it's Joy in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Wayne, and Mark. Hi, guys. Hey, Joy. What's on your mind? Well, I'm calling in with one little thing about conspiracies, and then I want to talk about the Free State Project and the Liberty Forum. Excellent. Um, The thing I wanted to say about uh, conspiracies, and Gardner said it really well a few minutes ago, is when when you're focusing on one thing, it's and and you've said it too, when you're focusing on just one thing, you miss a lot of other stuff that's going on because I don't think the government is telling us everything. Um, and I think it's good to question them, but I think that what they're not telling us is how lax they were leading up to 9-11, because if we, if, if, if they were doing a good job and had stopped it, and like they say they can stop it now, the laws wouldn't have been passed to, you know, to tap so many phones and to check mm-hmm. everybody's bank records and to pat down little old ladies at the airport because people wouldn't have stood for it. Right. You know, it's the same formula over are. and over again. The government fails. They, um, they, tighten up, they tighten up and they charge us more in, um, you know, taxes. Same formula yeah, and over really, and over again. I, I wish some of the conspiracy people would focus more on what is the government doing right now 
while all, you know, because once, as soon as people start talking about the timing of when the towers fell and the temperature of the steel, most people are going to tune out, whereas if they were to yep. focus on the things that that allowed the laws to get passed that are now that are well, taking away our freedom, no. To be Something fair, to be fair, Joy, and I agree with you, but to be fair, some of them do focus on things that are going on now. To give Alex Jones credit where credit is due, uh, that's, of course, the, uh, you know, he's like the big guy behind the, the conspiracy movement. But he okay. does talk about the police state. He does talk about new developments in, uh, in uh, the rise of the police state. And so to that end, yes, he is very good at, uh, at keeping up with that sort of thing. But then it's not very long after that when it's right back to interviewing somebody else about 9-11 again. So, Joy, yeah. do, Joy do you make goals for yourself in your life? Um, I do. Yes, and I noticed that Mark and Ian do that too, and, and so do I. So do, I think it's more productive, don't you, that we focus on where we want to be, and focus on what, the kind of society we want to create, and, and not worry about the past, but go to the future. Yes, and that actually goes straight into the thing I actually called for before I got distracted by conspiracy. Great, and what was that? The Free State Project. Yes, we got to meet you over the weekend, Joy. You were at the Liberty oh, Forum. Oh yes. Oh yes. I was there. I didn't. It didn't even dawn on me that the Wayne that I met was this Wayne. In fact, <laughs> I, just, I, I met so many people. It was really great, and uh, got to meet some people that I only knew by uh, by their by their names on the BBS. And some people were big shocks, but um, I had I had a really great time. And it was anybody that has any questions about whether they want to be a part of it, I really think they should try to get up for Pork Fest because. If if you're not sure of it, whether because you think, well, what if I don't like these people in person and that, when you get into a room with a whole bunch of them and you realize, as I was volunteering, so as I was walking around and trying to squeeze, you know, through the crush in the hallways, mm-hmm. I got to hear conversations all up and down the hallway. And it was just, it was it was wonderful to realize that all of these people were talking, I'm not the exact same issue, but all of these people were talking about things that meant more freedom and and uh, better choices and just people being able to live their own lives and it was such an inspiration. I just I came home and um, uh, announced that we were going. Well, I, was, I had already decided we were going, but I announced it to family. We're going up to uh, New Hampshire in the summer for Pork Fest. We're going to take a week off and go. Wow, and cool. Then I, and then I signed the statement of intent. So. Awesome. So you have, you've joined the Free State Project. Now, I know that your husband, Matthew, was up here a few months ago. He attended the Dave Ridley trial, and I got, to, I got to meet him at that time. And he had sort of come up to explore New Hampshire a little bit, and he wasn't so sure about the whole Free State Project thing. So now you've joined the Free State Project. Has he yet joined the Free State Project? He has not joined yet, but I am not really worried about that because um, – <laughs> Well, he had a great time up there, and he just his main reason is just he's worried about the cold, uh, and uh, I think I think he'll get over it. Plus, I mean, I've signed up, and I have time, I have time to uh, to to talk to him about it, and I don't think it's going to be a problem. I don't even think I have to talk about it that much. I think it's just going to happen. If I have to, um, you know, I can go down the list of reasons. You know, well, he loves me for one, and I. Uh, <laughs> I, I you know, I I play video games and I'm a libertarian, which is apparently important to libertarians. Those guys. are hard to and, find qualities um, in a lady. They are difficult. Yeah, and I will. And when he's on a, a rant about economics and government, I will talk with him for hours about it. I'm not a bad cook, and uh, <laughs> and, I, I, and and worst case scenario, I pull out the fact that I'm the mother of his children, and it's a and it's yeah. done. I'm sold. So. Yeah, I have time. He should <laughs> he should follow you wherever you would want you would like to go, Joy. Uh, so yeah, I, I, and we wouldn't I, blame him. 
All right. So that um, kind of wraps up. And again, it was great to meet you guys. And uh, and uh, again, people should try to make it up to Pork Fest because, from what I understand, it's a really it's being held at uh, Gunstock. Uh, it's a campground. Which is a very nice place, and we'll right. have uh, electricity and running water, and won't have to be rainbow people. Yeah, it's uh, there. There probably are not going to be rainbow people the, the weekend uh, that the Free State Project is there. And I think that you you picked the perfect time to bring the family up as well. I have never been to Pork Fest. I'm going to go this year. Uh, but I, but that's definitely a family event. Whereas the convention's more of a, you know, stuffy. Uh, we're in suits, though there were plenty of people in uh, that weren't in suits. Uh, but it, it was kids, more, much more of an adult. Thing. Yeah, kids are going to fit in really well at Pork Fest. A lot of other people are going to be bringing up their kids, and it, that might help with your husband as well. Seeing other families up there and and networking with them, um, and and seeing how, what just I mean, it's just an incredible group of people. And you know, if you don't agree with them on every issue, you can't expect that. You'll probably agree with these people on ninety percent of them and good luck finding people like that uh down in georgia or florida or whatever state you happen to live in it's actually a bit of a disappointment being at home and not being able to have those conversations at any time of day so yeah. it's um you know i'm looking forward to getting back up there yeah it's a nice it's something nice to uh, get spoiled with that is being around all of these liberty lovers all of the time it, you, you come in here you move into the state and it's just like a shock to the system they're these people are actually around. They're doing things. There's activism here, and you can get involved in as much or as little of it as you want. And, and sometimes choosing what to go and do is difficult. It, and then you get used to it after a while. Joy, I was going to say that I felt this weekend like I was finally on the right planet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt that way, too. It really is. Um, I'm trying to remember, if, is it Don Gorman that always says, you know, Come on home, and it's really—it really is what it feels like. So I, th- I think there are a few people that have adopted that phrase. But Joy, thank you for the call, and we'll—I guess we'll be seeing you this summer. Thank you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The packet eight dot net toll free line for you. In fact, uh, Mark, you've got an email that references the Free State Project, do you not? I do, I do. Just one second. Since we're talking about it right now, and I guess it did it just recently come in. It's kind of like a little bit of a, a, a hit piece email. Yeah, Did it just come in after I wasn't the conversation we just had? I or? wasn't expecting you to uh, particularly pull that um, that one up, so give me a second. I'm here. sorry. You had it up right before we came to this segment, so I figured that meant that you still had it up. I did not. Ian, you know, I'd like to say over the weekend I, I was very inspired by Garner's uh, opening presentation. Oh, it was very interesting, very informative. He talked about the history of uh, essentially the, liber- uh, the libertarian movement. Yes, and, and there were some really good authors there, and there were a few books I actually ordered. Uh, some I had already read in condensed format, but like The Road to Serfdom by Hayek. Uh, yeah, used, he recommended that. Yeah, a great book. And I originally read the, the condensed version that was in Reader's Digest in 1945, years ago. I just ordered the, the full edition of it. Speaking of, uh, of good books, I got an email from Pamela Brown today. And uh, Pamela was the wife of uh, Harry Brown, right? Who was the president? Got an candidate. email from her? Uh, well, she she still sends out Harry's old Freedom Wire list, I see. and so um, I and many others got this email. And she says she's pleased to announce that Harry's book, How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World, is finally available online. And so if hmm. uh, there, a lot of Harry's books are out of print. And uh, so we've recommended Harry Brown books on the air several times, and, and I've this had one, listeners. This is probably this is darn close. This to This is an excellent. It's book. really good. Mm-hmm. I'd and, say it's the best one, but and uh, and we've recommended his books, but listeners have emailed saying I can't find them; they're out of print. I can't even get a used copy of these books. How do I get them? Well, what you do is you go to harrybrown.org. That's harrybrown.org, and you can order all of his best books: Why Government Doesn't Work, The Great Libertarian Offer, How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World, and Fail Safe Investing. Four books, four of the four I've read. I highly recommend. They're all available for digital downloads at nine dollars and seventy-five cents each. 
it's a heck of a deal. Great way to support Pamela now that her husband is gone mm-hmm. and get the uh, the brilliant writings of Harry Brown into your nice. hands and on your computer. Uh, HarryBrown.org. We'll get to Mark's email here in moments. Your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything toll-free. 1-800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so do enjoy those. They're on us. Uh, and that does include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who have taken the time to send us their validated photo. And you just heard, uh, we just heard from Joy a few moments ago from Georgia. She is a validated Shriner. And uh, you can see what uh, you can see her picture over at freetalklive.com. In fact, uh, shrine.freetalklive.com will get you right to it. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click on Join Us Today. We'll fight liberty to get. We'll find liberty. Excuse me. We will find liberty together. That's rlc.org. 1-800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. You take control of the airwaves. And, uh, Mark, I did ask you to dig up that email. It's it's a fairly short email, and uh, I thought it was relevant since we were talking about the Free State Project, simply because, uh, well, he, this, why don't you read it? It's, it's very quick. Yep, it is. <clears throat> I won't be joining the Live Free Project. Hmm. Um, joining I wonder in, what project in, that is. Um, <laughs> I joined up um, for the Live Free Project last year, but after your ego-driven way you attack 9-11 truthers and your stance on open borders that will allow this country to become a cesspool of third world peoples, I can't embrace your show anymore. So the open borders apparently have... Uh, uh, we can get into that in this a moment. This is a person who listens. Um, I don't understand why they, don't, uh, they couldn't get the uh, Free State Project. Well, because thing, he's right? a liar. I think he's, he's either A, a liar... Or B, uh, just well, he just did didn't care that much about the Free State Project. Not like apparently he signed up. If if you're to believe what he says, and I don't, um, because it would seem to me that if you signed up for the Free State Project, that you'd probably remember the name of the organization you'd signed up for. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of you know, it's fake. making the, com- the the commitment to move your life, uh, uproot your life uh, from where you currently are, and moving uh, move to New Hampshire in pursuit of liberty as part of the Free State Project. That's a pretty big decision to make. I don't know. Maybe he really just takes it lightly, and apparently he does because a couple of radio show hosts happen to disagree with him. He's thrown it out the window. I don't believe a word he says. Well, um, A, uh, I, I do believe that uh, somebody – I talked to plenty of people who, from the – um, members of the Free State Project who didn't couldn't, – couldn't remember what I was talking about. They're like, oh, uh, yeah, I think I remember something. Did I, did I join that? They were a little confused. There were plenty of people like that, so certainly somebody could um, could mix up the name. Um, but yeah, but we well, talk wait, about but, it every night on the show. But everybody who's moving to the Free State Project, that doesn't mean he didn't claim to be a nightly listener, um, or he or she. I don't know. There's no indication here. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the the you know, not everybody who's moving to the Free State Project is. You know, we're not a representation. We're not even spokespeople. We are oh. simply. Um, for the hired guns. Yeah, we're that's all. You know, we're paid, we're paid, uh, advert, you know, to advertise for. We them. believe that's all. we believe in the in the program. That's so, true. Um, that's you the know, best kind of advertiser you can have. That's true. We're early movers, now, and uh, we agree. Smart people will attack the advertisers rather than the attacking of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, that may be where, what uh, this this person's doing. Um, he can't. He couldn't possibly. Well, he doesn't know the name of the organization. How's uh, he going to find him? Does now. <laughs> but he doesn't listen. He stopped listening. Um, which I, I don't that. believe as well. 
See, I don't believe the whole thing. I, I understand. I you. think he's just trying to attack us because he doesn't like some of our positions. Right. And, and all he's got to do is make us think that he's pulled out from one of our advertisers and make us get upset about that. I don't care. See you later. We'll replace you with somebody else. And, As uh, we've been doing, we're the number one recruiter for the Free State Project. So you're, you're, you've been replaced. I think that I, I think that um, to say that uh, our, our stance on immigration um, that will allow this country to become a cesspool of third world peoples is really a crappy thing to say about uh, people the, that want to come here. The Italians, the Irish, the Greeks, the Polacks, all the people, um, right? The Polish, all the people, all the um, third worlders. That's a racial slur, Ian. <laughs> All the third worlders who, uh, you know, the, the poor people of the world that have come and made this country great and what it is. Yep. I think that's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. And I'm you happy, personally. Sick. Yeah, I'm happy, personally, he's not coming here. Yeah. I mean, the Free State Project <laughs> might get upset that I would say something like, oh, yeah, you should accept everybody coming here that wants to be a part of the Free State Project. Well, A, you don't even know the name of the project. B, you insult immigrants. You're a jerk. You don't want people coming here to make a better life for themselves. You're probably a racist scumbag. As far as I'm concerned, stay right where you are, buddy, because there's enough people here that uh, we're already going to have problems with. You know what, though? The, the immigration issue, I don't believe, is an on or off switch. I, I think it's far more complicated than that, so I think that I don't think he's really portraying us accurately with that. We're saying, in theory, open borders are desirable. But we, but there's a lot of, a lot of caveats between here and there. We in gotta... theory and in practice, open borders are desirable. What's undesirable is government redistribution of wealth. Right. And uh, that's what makes some people believe open borders are undesirable, is because government is redistributing wealth, government is confiscating your wealth and giving it to people that frankly don't deserve it. And, and also, that's the that's but, the issue. But, but yeah. for this country to become a cesspool of third world peoples, yeah. you've got to be a bigot. Right. Sorry. I agree. Uh, you know, but the other thing is that our government really shouldn't be meddling in the the affairs of the Mexican government because that's really the root of this whole thing. When you've got tens of millions of people pouring over the border from Mexico, something's wrong. Something's going on. And that's another problem. The problem is government, not open borders. The problem is mm -hmm. government meddling. Uh, they're meddling not just in the, the affairs of Mexico, but also in Canada. They meddle wherever they can possibly meddle. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. Uh, it's one of the things they do best, is meddle and screw things up for people. So, yeah, if people like, what's, I don't even remember his name. You know what? I don't remember his Not name. Like it's, it's unsigned. I mean, it comes from oh, an email really? address, but it's unsigned. Oh, that's really uh, I, I, I don't feel courageous. I'm not, I'm not comfortable in sharing what I've got here. So. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. Well, you know, Mr. Unsigned. And it's not no, no guarantee it's a mystery. I hope people like you get really offended by the things we say and stay far, far away from New Hampshire. Because I don't want your help. 800-259-9231. That's right. Or wherever the hell you are. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. You can take control of the airwaves. Uh, I mentioned there's a story about marijuana, a marijuana activist. His name's Ken Gorman, and uh, he was 59 years old until recently when he was shot and killed in his Denver home Saturday night in an apparent home invasion robbery. The killing came just days after local television station CBS4 aired a report on him that included shots of marijuana plants growing inside his home. Gorman grew the plants legally as a registered medical marijuana patient, but in the report, Gorman was seen advising avowed non-medicinal marijuana users how to use the medical marijuana laws to be able to possess the plant with impunity. As of Thursday, no arrest had been made, and the police said they were still investigating. Gorman was one of the most well-known faces in the Colorado marijuana and medical marijuana scene. He was also a member of DRCNet, the Drug Reform Coordination Network. Gorman had also organized several smoke-ins at the state capitol, as well as giving, uh, giving numerous lectures and making public appearances supporting the medical and recreational use of marijuana. He also ran for governor on a pro-marijuana platform. 
According to witness accounts, and we're not sure who these witnesses were or how they saw this, three masked men entered Gorman's home with guns drawn Saturday evening. Shots were fired, police were called, and they found him lying on his living room uh, floor with a gunshot wound to the chest. He was pronounced dead shortly thereafter. Now, Denver police refused to speculate on whether the killing was related to Gorman's legal medical marijuana grow. Fellow activists had little doubt that he died in an attempted robbery. Well, you know what? I doubt what the activists are suggesting. And my instinct tells me that uh, this wasn't someone who was after a couple of marijuana plants. Now, I don't know how many plants this guy was growing. For all I know, he had a nice big operation. Maybe it was worth um, raiding and robbing him over. But my gut instinct tells me that this was uh, the police. You're paranoid. 800-259-9231, or at least somebody who didn't want this guy to be an activist. Somebody who normally opposes activism like this, because he was one of the most visible activists in the entire state of Colorado, informing people of how to use the law to get their hands on medicinal marijuana. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the packet, 8.net toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, totally free. The bulletin board system included. got about 200,000 posts, about 1,500 people interacting. It's a lot of fun. There are serious issues being discussed there. Fun stuff as well, all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. Colorado's marijuana, top marijuana activist Ken Gorman, age 59, shot and killed in his Denver home Saturday in what people are thinking was an attempted robbery. Now, I wonder why they're calling it an attempted robbery. Hmm. Did they not take the marijuana plants? And if you're going to, I mean, they say witnesses, and I, we don't have all the details, and I'd like to know more about the about the story, but they say that witnesses claim that three masked men entered Gorman's home with guns drawn Saturday evening, shots were fired, police were called. Uh, when you go in to, to rob somebody of uh, their marijuana, you don't really want to kill them over it. Like, it's pot. It's not a huge deal, and you can usually, I mean, as far as being a criminal and being violent, you can usually scare people with the threat of violence. So the fact that you're three armed men against this one guy, and you've got masks on, he can't identify who you are, if you've got guns and you break into somebody's home and they've got, let's say he had a lot of pot, let's say he had a hundred plants, let's say he'd he'd even just finished his harvest, and this really was a robbery. Maybe a, a friend, of, a so-called friend of his, was on the inside. He knew that Ken had this uh, this marijuana grow up. You know, he was probably going. They're probably looking for cash. Where there's drugs, there's cash. That's a possibility as well. Um, either way, drugs and cash just might have been what they were after. Uh, but let's say they knew that he just finished his harvest and he'd gotten all the marijuana all, all ready because nobody wants to take a bunch of marijuana plants and throw them in the back of a truck. So you want to go after the finished product. You want to go after the marijuana ready to sell or smoke and whatever cash might be might be there. 
in which case uh, it'd be an easy target. You would uh, you'd go in, you'd gain access to the home with your weapons, you'd scare the crap out of the, of Ken with your with your guns. He'd tell you, "Okay, it's in the back room under the bed." And uh, he, you'd get the you'd get the cash, you'd get the pot, and you'd leave. It wouldn't be worth shooting him over. Well, that's why I think this has cop written all over it. I, I don't know. I mean, to to try to figure out the dynamics of a robbery, um, wh- you know, what if somebody's mask came off and they decided they felt like they had to shoot him? What if these people just felt like, you know, there's no way we can leave uh, leave a witness? Y- you never know. I mean. I just don't see how they can what call if it was an a, attempted robbery. What if it was an really inside know. job? I'm sorry. I'm no, go sorry. Ahead. What if it's an inside job and they know the guy? Um, they know Ken. Is that his name? Yeah, Ken. What if they know Ken and you know they want the pot badly enough to kill him over it? It's just not very likely. Uh, this sort of violence uh, doesn't tend to go on in the marijuana trade. It's just very unusual what's going on here. Well, anyway, activists think that it was uh, an attempted robbery, saying, quote, it's pretty amazing this guy worked his entire life trying to make marijuana legal, and in the end, the fact that marijuana is illegal is what led to his death, which is an accurate statement. Uh, Mason Vert said he's the executive director of SAFER, an organization dedicated to legalizing small amounts of recreational marijuana. He said it's safe to say that if marijuana were legal, then Ken wouldn't have been killed. Yeah, and that's absolutely safe to say, because uh, then it wouldn't be worth the 3,000 times what it actually should be worth, and no one would have any sort of incentive to kill anyone over it. He says, I think it's a violent incident highlighting what happens when marijuana is kept illegal. Gorman himself had just told CBS4 a few weeks ago that he feared being robbed because of his openness about his marijuana operation. He said, quote, I mean, I've had a gun stuck to my head, people stabbed in my house from people trying to get my marijuana. Gorman said on January 31st, he added that his home had been burglarized 15 times. Gorman will be missed. Quote, I've been in patient meetings where patients stood with tears in their eyes and said, when no one would help me, Ken Gorman would. And Brian Vincente, executive director of Sensible Colorado, a nonprofit organization that advocates for drug policy reform in Colorado. You don't hear that too often. He was a character. So apparently he touched a lot of people's lives. Mm-hmm. He was a very effective activist. And I think that the fact that he was so public about his advocacy for marijuana and uh, as they point out earlier in the in the report, CBS4 aired a report just days before his execution that included him giving instructions to people as to how to use the medical marijuana laws to be able to possess the plant with impunity. Now, there are certain people in law enforcement that aren't going to like that sort of information going out on the airwaves. There are probably certain people in law enforcement that don't like the idea of this guy uh, getting out there and advocating what he advocates and maybe they just felt like he had crossed a line and they wanted to take him out. It also could have been the gang, uh, the gangsters, the marijuana uh, dealers, mm-hmm. um, the, the very, the very high-level ones that might have uh, d- d- taken right. uh, taken action in this way. We need yeah, one competition. Doesn't seem like it, but yeah, yeah. maybe. But really, I mean, there's only two possibilities as far as I'm concerned um, that that this could be the high level dealers who are more likely to use violence to take out somebody who's threatening their business because legalizers, decriminalizers threaten the black market. There are two uh, there are two specific groups of people that are threatened when it comes to people like Ken Gorman, the police. They have their budgets threatened because uh, if there's no war on drugs to fight, then they'll have to slash their budgets and and then they'll actually enforce uh, real crimes. 
and then there's the the real criminals who are going to lose their uh, extreme profits. You're you're applying logic and intelligence to this situation, and what you're talking, what you could very well be talking about, is there's a large criminal population out there, and they're not logical, and they're not intelligent. Mm -hmm. They're just a bunch of stupid, greedy people that are willing to use violence to get what they want. Okay, it's true. They could very well have done it. I'm not. I don't know anything, but uh, you know. to just aim it at the cops, it doesn't seem fair. It I, I'm seems just entirely too speculative. I'm for just me. following my instincts on this one. That's all. Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, Gene. Hey, guys. Hey, hey what's on your mind? You know, I wanted to call uh, and touch bases on 9/11 since you were, guys were talking about it earlier. Okay. And of course, you all know what I feel about 9/11. I, I think that there were uh, many people involved that were involved that claim to be part of the government. But the thing that I see wrong about most of what the truthers say is they always use this term, the government. And I noticed your your female caller who called to rebut him also used the term, the government. And this is where everybody falls down because the government does not exist other than as, as a fictitious entity. So what you're really talking about is high-connected people that may have been involved in it. Mm. Now, again, I agree with you that it really doesn't matter a whole lot. I mean, it does matter because it's a crime that that should be solved. And we all agree, I think, that more than the people on those airplanes were involved in that that crime. Probably sure. you know, several, hundred, several hundred people must have been involved. In Who this. knows? Anything could have happened. Yeah. I certainly don't believe the government's story. Um, I, I don't believe anything. that I, I question everything everyone tells me. Now, speaking of questioning things, when you say the government's a fictitious entity... I'm sure there are a lot of people, maybe newer listeners out there, who are saying, what are you talking about? I send them checks every month. They're real. Uh, what, when, when you say that, Gene, how do you back it up? Well, it's a legal term. It's called a legal fiction. And people that uh, understand law know that a corporation doesn't exist. It's a legal fiction. It only exists on a piece of paper in people's minds, in the minds of their creators. The creators are real human beings, and they created a fictitious entity called Nike, for instance. But the government is also a fictitious entity because it's simply created in the minds of the people that wrote it down on paper. Mm. Now, those people are all, in in our case, the people that all wrote it down on a piece of paper are dead. So the corporate uh, holders and creators no, no longer exist. So supposedly they passed this down to uh, previous, you know, further generations. But there's no paper trail to prove that they ever passed it down. Sure. So in reality, we just live in a, in a geographic area that has a title that somebody decided to bestow upon, upon it, but it doesn't have any real force. And to say that the government did anything is totally uh, false because the government is not a real thing. It's, it doesn't have arms. It doesn't have legs. It can't walk around. It can't think. Thank you, Gene. It's, it's a, group of, a group of people who are more than willing to use violence to enforce their worldview on others. And it, and it behooves us to continually to remind, uh, to remind ourselves of what you're saying, and that is that we need to uh, divest ourselves of these uh, collectivist concepts. And thank you for the call. We appreciate it, as always. 800-259-9231. Stop using terms like we. Stop using terms like the government. Uh, because we aren't the government. I'm not involved in it. I yeah. don't have anything to do with their violence. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain here, but just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll free line. 
It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. That's once again 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by amping. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn what the AMP program is all about. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the concept is simple. If you like Free Talk Live, you want to help spread the message of freedom and liberty, then you should send us three bucks a month because it works. Um, the results are, are effective. Um, we, essentially what we do is we take in that money and we turn it around into advertising for the show. We advertise in uh, industry publications like Talkers Magazine we, uh, to get more radio stations on board. Also advertise on the Internet to get more listeners, uh, just Internet listeners on board with the show. And it's, it's, it's a bit of a snowball effect. The more we advertise, the more listeners we get, the more amplifiers we get, the more we can advertise and spread the message of freedom. So if that's valuable to you. And you might want to get your hands on some perks like access to the amplifier-only call-in lines, the amp-only forum, and more. All the details are waiting for you, including how we spend the money at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. So we were just talking about a, uh, a pretty disturbing story out of Colorado where a, mar- a medical marijuana, actually just a plain old marijuana activist, this guy was for legalization, period, um, of marijuana, was shot and killed in his Denver home over the weekend. Uh, the police are refusing to speculate on uh, what the killing was related to, and nobody has uh, has made it clear as to whether or not the, the people who did the killing actually stole any of his marijuana. Mm-hmm. Now, if they didn't steal any of his marijuana, now, Mark, you were sort of rebutting me on my suggestion that it was the police or some high-level possible uh, drug dealer who didn't want his uh, extreme profits threatened by this guy going out and possibly changing laws. But how would they know if anything was missing? Well, you'd it's be true. able to tell. I mean, there was uh, there was a news crew there earlier that took shots of his marijuana I farm, see. and so if there were plants missing, um, it, it's possible that Ken. I mean, Ken is uh, Ken Gorman, obviously not keeping his marijuana grow up secret. He let a news crew in there, so he probably has a variety of friends who have spent time there as well, and they might be able to testify to. Well, you know, I was here last night, and there were 20 pounds of marijuana sitting there, and now there's nothing. So, I mean, it should be easy to tell if something is missing. And if it turns out, Mark, that nothing, nothing was stolen, that this man was shot and murdered, then what does that do to your suspicions? He could very well, you know, he could very well have an enemy. I don't know. To, to jump yeah. to it's the His cops. His enemy, uh, I, and I've named the two possible enemies that he has. No, I mean, you, you don't have any idea what this guy's life is like. Yeah. Really, well, I know who the I know who his default enemies could be an are. His ex-wife. It could be his ex-wife, but there were three masked men. That would require some serious uh, smack. Could to be some fat, three lonely killers. guy in Sarasota, Florida, who's got nothing better to do than hate the dude. Yeah, I see what you see where you're coming from. You're saying that person would have hired three hitmen to come in there and and murder this guy. The, the possibility right. exists. You never I, okay, know. Okay, you're right. There are other possibilities, but the two most likely possibilities. I don't know. Are the cops corrupt cops? Or high-level drug dealers. Look, if cops were going to do it, why would they go in and not steal something? Because they're stupid. That would be the reason. Yeah, and they're not. They're not. Maybe, they've maybe seen they a lot of crimes coming. I'm they've sorry, seen Wayne. a lot of crimes. Maybe they 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 shot the guy, then they they th- oh somebody's coming, we better go. Right. Well, if you're going to do the robbery, you should hold off on the shooting until later. I don't know. Just it's really it's a really sloppy job if it was a robbery. Yeah. Even and, if cops, uh, um, let's let's say cops are equally dumb um, as uh, the criminals that uh, commit these kind of crimes, which that's not I fair. do not it's agree. That's not fair to say there are smart cops and there are dumb cops and there are smart criminals and there are dumb criminals. I would concur with that, and I'd say there's probably more smart cops than there are smart criminals. I don't think that's fair to say at all. I think there are far more criminals than there are cops, and so uh, percentage-wise, it's hard to say because really the criminals that are dumber are more likely to get caught. Let's so making 
speculating. A, making let's, a statement let's quit based speculating on, on this. Um, and let's let's talk about because um, you're losing. It doesn't matter. Right. It does, I'm not <laughs> losing right, anything. It's just foolish to talk about it. You know what? Uh, the, the, what I'm telling you is cops have experience in crime scenes. Mm. They're not going to make as many mistakes as a criminal going to. Yeah, well, because maybe. the criminals aren't aren't as many crime scenes. Maybe they didn't make mistakes. Maybe the, um, there were. They no just want to put made. a hit on this guy. Maybe there were no mistakes made in this case. They had masks on. They came in there, shot this guy, and left. That's what it sounds like to me. If they were looking to assassinate and to uh, to murder this guy, it sounds to me like they did a pretty darn good job of it. So, Wayne, we're talking drugs. You mentioned to me earlier tonight that you've got something about narco dollars. What are narco dollars, and why are they relevant? Well, they're really relevant because we've heard for weeks, I've heard for weeks and weeks and years, about all the logical arguments for getting rid of the war on drugs and legalizing drugs, especially marijuana, which is very benign. And that's only that's only half the argument, all those logical arguments. The other, but the other half that you're not thinking about is is that uh, a lot of people don't want drugs legalized for very good reason because uh, prohibition on drugs is essential to the health of our economy. How's that? Well, the narco dollar, one word. The narco dollar are dollars that are used to trade drugs, just like you've got the petrodollar, which are dollars that trade oil. Well, the narco dollar. There's hundreds of billions of dollars, narco dollars, floating around in our financial system, in the stock market, campaign contributions, you name it. And and the reason why uh, there's so many profits is because drugs are illegal. That, True. That pumps the, 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 the profit margin up on them. So that means there's a lot more narco dollars available than if they were legal, there would be a smaller profit margin. But how can you say the economy is dependent on them? I mean, if if drugs were legal, then that money would just go into other things. It would, but there wouldn't. You're sucking more dollars out of people when it's illegal because you have to you charge a bigger price, and and therefore there's a bigger chunk of of nar- narcotic related money going into the financial system covertly through the back door of being laundered through our financial system. So, I guess I don't understand like. You're saying that, okay, drug users are paying way too much for their drugs. That right. money's going to the distributors, the high-level guys, mm-hmm. the uh, the gangsters, yep. and they're laundering that money through the banking system. Right. and The stock market whatever. props up the stock market, uh, goes to campaign contributions to politicians. Buying off cops. Buying off cops. Uh, essentially, without prohibition, uh, insurance companies would be smaller and less profitable. Uh, judges, lawyers, police, prison officers... Foreign prison owners would be dwindling their twiddling their thumbs. We certainly agree. I certainly agree that the police would be uh, very uh, disappointed. The prison owners certainly uh, would lose a lot of their prisoners. They wouldn't be able to build them as quickly. No doubt about that. But to say that the economy is dependent on prohibition, that seems a little s- absurd. The money's going to be there whether or not the products are prohibited. How does that uh, jibe? I don't understand that. Well, there's certain segments of our economy that have grown as a result of the illegal drug trade, or the war on drugs. So they would crash. So those those particular industries, those subsectors, are dependent on the uh, the prohibition. Yes, I would agree with that. Right. Even hospitals. Hospitals all of a sudden would have all these extra beds. Look at all the hospital cases, all the emergency room cases that are, are the result because of illegal drugs and shootings and gang fights. Yeah, there really aren't as many. In fact, we were talking last night about cheerleading versus ecstasy use. It turns out that there's 62 times more cheerleading accidents that go to an ER, ER room than, are, than there are ecstasy users. So on the scale of things, it's not, it's not huge for hospitals. And it would seem to me that if we legalized drugs, then the drug users would have more money in their pockets, and they'd just go and spend that on other things. So other industries would benefit mm-hmm. from the legalization of drugs. And yes, some would take a hit, like but, the prison business. But the people in the illegal drug trade are very, very well connected. That's true. 
and, and, and they're, give, they're giving con, uh, campaign contributions to politicians to make sure it stays illegal because they're so far o- upstream that they're never going to get arrested. It's the people downstream. Do you really think they even have that foresight that they, um, I mean... These people just, aren't stupid, Mark. You don't get to be Pablo Escobar or some high-level uh, drug dealer who's doing a 1,000-pound deals at a time by being a fool. You, maybe. You realize where your bread is buttered, and that's why they pay off DEA agents, because they don't want to risk it. They don't want to risk. That's why they work hand-in-hand together to ensure that, you know, as I pointed out before here, ta- having talked to some of these people in the past... Um, that's why they work together in that the, uh, the, the high-level dealers will send the DEA a couple of guys to pick off from time to time just so the DEA can say, hey, we're over here doing something, when in fact they were actually sent the bust by the high-level dealers. They right. work together. And see, the, the illegal drug trade also concentrates money into fewer hands. You see, if that money were back in the economy where it rightfully belonged, it would be spread out among more people. That's true. And, and so when, it, when, it's, um, when it's really expensive and there's a high profit margin, that money, those narco dollars are being uh, concentrated into fewer hands where they, they have more political power and, and they're richer, basically. And we're poorer for it. Yep. Well, it's, if you pay for it. There's yes. a lot. There's we are paying for it, even if you don't take it. I'm not. I don't. I don't even do tyl- Tylenol or aspirin. I don't there, do any of that stuff. So. There's far more behind the scenes than uh, than meets the eye, Mark. When it comes to the drug trade, yes. there are a lot of illicit connections, a lot of backdoor deals, a lot of uh, handshaking and back scratching, and it's all very, very hush hush. And you and I uh, and Wayne, we probably can't even imagine the extent of it. There have been people that have undercover, uh, you know, uncovered certain things about mm-hmm. specific certain politicians who've turned up dead right. uh, afterwards, co- their connections to drug trade. Mm-hmm. Remember um, hearing about BCCI about in the early 90s? I no. don't know that, no. If well, you can recap it in less it, than 30 it, seconds. It's, it's a bank that was formed offshore, and basically they were found to be laundering drug money. They, they also called them the Bank of Crooks and Criminals International. But anyway, that was supposedly affiliated with the CIA, and, and that was one of these banks that had their were closed. But there are other New York banks who have had their hands slapped for drug laundering. There have been a lot of uh, CIA-related connections. And mm-hmm. whenever you see a big drug dealer go down, which is very rare, it very, very rarely rare. happens, yeah. it's usually only because they cross somebody or... Or the, their competitors were paying off the DEA even more. More on the way tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.